So we had Nathan Hubbard and Nora Princiati do a little podcast for the Ringer Dish Feed called Every Single Album, where they went through Taylor Swift's albums one by one. And people loved it. They loved it so much. We are spinning it off into its own feed. It is up. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. Listen to Spotify because Spotify is the best. But you can get it on any platform. Be ready when Red, Taylor's version, comes out on Friday. Nathan and Nora will be ready with the podcast. Subscribe, follow every single album on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you've ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Monopoly Go. It's halftime and the scoreboard's not looking good. You're not sure you can pull out a win? That's when you say to yourself, it's time to get back in the game. Pull off some bank heists and take as much of my friend's money as I possibly can. That's right. The hit mobile game, Monopoly Go, lets you compete with your friends to be the biggest tycoon ever. I might do this with my high school friends. We used to play Monopoly all the time. It's the Monopoly you love, but on your phone anytime with tons of new twists, including leaderboards to compare your progress. There's so much to do. Play on countless dynamic Monopoly boards. Make your friends bankrupt by smashing their landmarks with a wrecking ball. Charge other players rent for your iconic properties. Maybe you'll even play against me. I'm great at Monopoly. You could even work with your friends to crack open community chests and in tournaments to get extra rewards. Get back out there. Put on your game face. Download Monopoly Go. Now free on the App Store or Google Play. We're also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook as well as the Ringer Podcast Network. I mentioned every single album getting its own feed at the top. The Prestige TV podcast, I went on there on Monday, talked about the morning show, which is just horrible, with uh, Nora Princiat and Amanda Dobbins. We're doing two succession shows this week, and we're dragging Ryan Rossillo on this on this, uh, on this this pod. I think it's going to be, we're putting up Wednesday night, Yellowstone, the two-hour and 20-minute season premiere. Me, Ryan Rossillo, Chris Ryan. So subscribe to Prestige TV. If you, if you haven't heard Rossillo break down Yellowstone and Cole Hauser, um, just buckle up, put your seatbelt on, get ready, check it out. Uh, new rewatchables went up as well. Van Lathan and I did ransom chat. It's 25th anniversary this week. And we talked about kidnap movies and Van just said, no, why over and over again? Um, that's a good one. That is up as well. Coming up, Jackie McMullen and I are going to talk about basketball three weeks in and a bunch of subplots that have developed. And then my old friend, Kevin Wilds, from the ESPN Grantland days. He's now on FS1. He's going to come on to talk about uh, the art of the take when you're doing those daily talk shows. And then Half-Baked Ideas, they're back. One of the greatest gimmicks we've ever had on this podcast dating back to the ESPN days. Kevin Wilds is going to be doing Half-Baked Ideas. It's all coming up next. First, our friends from Pearl Jam.
All right, Jackie McBowen is here. We're taping this. It is 1 o'clock Pacific time, so it's before the three games tonight. But that's all right. There's lots of basketball stuff to talk about. I want to talk about the Lakers. I think you do, mm. too. Always. It, a fascinating experiment of just a bunch of old guys that don't compliment each other. You have the Westbrook thing, and something really fun happened. LeBron had a minor injury. He's out. It's not fun to not have LeBron. But then it opened the door for Westbrook to try to be Westbrook. <sighs> <laughs> and it's such a mess. And this is a guy I voted as one of the 75 best guys of all time. I don't 100% regret that. I don't. Um, I voted for him yeah, too. Yeah, I, th- I think he belongs. He won an MVP. I think he yeah. he's on there. But man, you watch, he's hitting a version of his career that's really dangerous. And we've seen this go badly for a lot of NBA stars over the years. I know you have. Yeah. Are we hitting the danger point with him where he's just not a good player anymore? Well, I know I think he's putting he, up stats, but you know what I mean? He's not he, like a yeah, winning think, impact player. You know what he is? He's a player, Bill, who's starting his decline and refuses to acknowledge it, right? So the best players that live and stay in the league for a long time are the ones that are like, okay, I got to change the way I play because I can't, I don't have the same physicality that I had or I don't have the same speed. I don't have whatever. And let's be honest. I mean, Westbrook has never been a great shooter. So it's not like, you know, he all of a sudden lost his shot. Never really had it, but he could kill you in so many other ways. And some of those ways are letting him down. I, I think he, he's being asked to do a lot. Obviously, they've had so many people out besides LeBron. Um, you know, we could list them all for you. But one of the ones, too, is like, and no one talks about him, but like, I th- just think Horton Tucker, you know, they haven't had him yet this year. And I think he's a guy, he's just a guy that gives you another ball handler just yeah. to calm things down a little bit. And uh, I think Westbrook probably, I don't care how old you are, you go to a new team, especially the Lakers, and you feel the pressure to perform. And I think he's just trying to do too much. You know, the other thing is I was looking at his splits. He always starts slow. He's always better in the second half of the year, like significantly better. So I think it's a little too early to proclaim him, you know, DOA. But at his age, it's really, really hard to maintain. Now, he's in incredible shape. We know that, too. But, I mean, he is, he's leading the league in turnovers, and it's not really close at the moment. If you look at the last, I was looking at his stats, and, you know, the rebounds and the assists, the stuff he's always, always going to get. But yeah, always. the shooting stuff is alarming the last few years. So you think, like, even in 2017, which was his best three-point shooting year, which was 34% that yeah, year. Yeah, right, yeah. But since then, just three-point shooting is 29.8, 29 25.8. Last year is 31.5. This year is 25.6. So you have that. His field goal percentage is 41%. 41. So he's yeah, missing six out of every 10. But then the free throw attempts, those have really gone down too. He, in his MVP season, he was 10.4. And right, he was yeah. a battering ram, was always getting the line. Now that's at 4.8. So, and then you, you mentioned the turnovers. He's at 5.1, which would be the second highest. Now you made a good point. He does start off slow sometimes. I also kind of think this is who he is. Like you look at, even if you take his stats for the last four years, combine them together, he's 44%, 28% from three, 6.3 free throw attempts. So he's athletically, he's not doing the same stuff he did in the past. It's a little like what happened with Dwayne Wade. When That's a good as comparison. Wade got older, he never added the three-point shot and he became this, he could have the moments. He could get hot, right? But then when mm-hmm. he went to Cleveland that year and it was like, eh, what is this? And then he kind of well, tried to reinvent himself as a six man. That's what it reminds me of. 
Yeah. And again, remember, he went to Chicago, had the brief thing in Chicago. It was a complete disaster. And yep. again, that goes back to my point of the hardest thing in the world, and you and I have seen it hundreds, if not thousands of times, is watching an elite superstar, which certainly Russell Westbrook has been in his career, and watch him come back down to earth with everybody else. I mean, it is it is painful to watch. And, you know, that's why LeBron, to me, has always been so exceptional. Because it really yeah. hasn't happened to him now, know. you know, and that's that's I think what sets him apart from almost all the others. Because it did happen with Michael. I mean, we were there. I was there covering the Wizards. In fact, I flew down there in his final days and talked to him. And and you know, I was asking him. I was sort of trying in a roundabout way asking him if he regretted doing it coming back, and he didn't because in his mind, they see in their minds they're always the best. And by the way, that's why they are the best because they're all about positive self talk. So. Russell Westbrook, I'm sure there's some doubt there, but he can't listen to that. Not right now. Not without these other guys out, with all these other guys injured. But, you know, if you're if you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, we took on Russell Westbrook and we gave up Kyle Kuzma, who's flourishing in Washington. We gave up Contavis Caldwell-Polk, who's flourishing in Washington. You know, stop me <laughs> any time now. Well, you know, and, and Harrell, who's been ha- awesome. Harrell, I don't know yeah, if he was ever going to work with the Lakers, but no, he's been he was, really he's, good for the Wizards. Yeah, he's like his Clipper days, you know. And then, you know, and then Caruso, he wasn't part of the trade, but he's in Chicago doing pretty well. So that's, I think, exacerbates the problem is that the guys that you were, you know, that, that they got shipped out so they could take care of you and manage you, have really flourished in their new roles, you know? I thought it was weird. I didn't like it when it happened. And I, you know, I've no. been on the record I think from we talked day about one. That. Yeah, yeah, we talked yeah. about it. I was like, I don't like this trade. I don't see how he fits. And it actually feels a little worse than even I thought it was going to be. Because I did think Westbrook is has been a good enough player over the years that he would figure out, all right, how do I fit in? But, you know, when you're a one-man show and you have the ball all the time, and now you're at the point of the career that he's at. I don't, I don't think we saw Rondo like really have a hard time figuring this out. And then for whatever reason, in the bubble, he figured out kind of how to do that. I don't see Westbrook ever doing that. I still feel like Westbrook thinks the three of us are going to be kicking ass. I guess the Carmelo being so, such a yeah, good fit for them so far almost makes it worse for Westbrook. Because Carmelo, as long as he's going to shoot 50% from three, great fit. I mean, the moment that flips. Right. And how much, you know, the question there is, I can't imagine he's going to keep shooting 50% for three. I hope he does. He's one of the nicest guys in the NBA. I always root for Carmelo Anthony. But if he doesn't, um, as long as he's at 45, 40, you know, I mean, he he can drop off quite a bit and still be okay for them. Yeah, we've seen the old guys. We Remember the Knicks in the 12 and 13? They had some old guys that would look great for about 50 games. Jason Kidd. Sure. And then it's like the longer the season goes, you're starting to play right. with uh, play with fire. And I would say that once LeBron comes back and once they they stop the nonsense and play Anthony Davis at the five, I mean, just give it up, people. That's what you need to do. That's your best lineup. You know that. You have all the data to tell you that. Regardless of what he wants to do, that's what has to happen. You put him at the five. You get LeBron back. You get, you know, Horton Tucker back, who I really like and um, can't wait to see, uh, then maybe, you know, then there's not so much pressure on Russell Westbrook. There's not this urge. And even if he wants to do it, you know, LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands a ton. Right. So Russell Westbrook since 2016 is last year with KD. He has only won 
one playoff series. Hmm. He is one in six in his last seven playoff series. And the one that they won was that one with Chris Paul and Chris Paul had the ball in the last play. Right, 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 and right. Ended up, couldn't, you, couldn't get past Houston. But you know what? That's in part because he's chasing it. He's chasing the new home. He's chasing the new place. And you, you stay a year and, and you don't even have time to get acclimated. Then you move on again. And it's, that never works. Never I just works. wonder, can he be a winning player if he's one of, if he's in your top three? Like if he was on the Celtics instead of Dennis Schroeder, would that help the Celtics? I don't feel like it would. Oh, God, no. By the no, way, he because... might, that might be his next stop like for, <laughs> with the way both teams are going. Um, no, that would not help the Celtics. I mean, because Jason Tatum already has the ball a lot and Charles yeah. Westbrook could be taken away from him. And as much as we've been critical of Jason Tatum, I would still would rather have Jason with the ball in his hands. Right. So, well, yeah, Westbrook, saying... you know, Westbrook just has to accept where he is at his career. And as I said earlier, yeah, good luck. It's, the, it, it's really hard. And that's why when players walk away, and I mean, I can't, who's the, who's the most recent player that walked away? Probably, you know, probably had a year or two left and said, no, I'm done. I can't even think of it because it never happened. Probably Wade. I think Wade was still like, he could come off a bench for somebody his last year. But it, like, like if Bill Belichick was in charge of all these guys, he would say to them, you know, just like he said to Brewski, like, okay, we can cut you or you can just retire and we'll tell everybody that's how it went. You know? Right. Because when, once you start on that decline, man, it's, it's really hard to watch. I don't think they have outs, which is another reason I didn't like the trade when it happened. Because once you do this, there's no plan B. There's nowhere for him to go. No, there's there no isn't. team that's taking him. You're basically looking at John Wall and Rusper going back to Houston and trying to orchestrate a buyout. And now I have to deal with John Wall. What I—that's that, that's not that's happening. why I loved <laughs> right. That's why I loved the Buddy Healed case. You know, it was basically Buddy Healed for KCP and Harrell, and that or no. Kuzma and Harrell. Kuzma, yeah. So they got say. to keep KCP, who was like 16 million, and then they had the Buddy Heald contract, and then they were kind of still in the mix in case things didn't work out. Right. And I think with this one, this has to work out. And this will be a real test for LeBron, who is one of the smartest basketball players we ever had. How does he make this work out? Is Westbrook going to be happy if the solution is, hey, man, you just can't have the ball. Like well, the, you, the stuff's got to run through us. Right, and, and LeBron... You know, he's a really good leader, too. I guess we're, we're doing a little bit of a LeBron love fest here today. But, I know. you know, he is quite a quite a good leader, too, um, with exceptions. He's, and I will always take exception to the year he was hurt and brought the wine to the bench. That, to me, I'll never get over that. But, you know, he, he has a way of getting to these guys. And, you know, we've chronicled enough um, championship wins for him, whether it's with the Heat or Cleveland, where you hear the stories of leading up to the playoffs and the the text or the phone call or the the one time he puts his arm around you. And I think the greatest leaders do that. They're not effusive in their praise all the time. They pick their spots. So when they do it, it means something. And that's something LeBron has been pretty good at. So my guess is, and I don't know this, um, that, you know, there he's having some dial, dialogue with Russell Westbrook and telling him, it's going to come, man, the, it's going to come. Yeah. And don't listen to all those idiots. We know what you're going to do. We know what you're like in March and April. And that's all we care about. We don't care about any of this time now. We don't care. All we care about is April, May, June. And we know you'll be there for us. So It's weird that he doesn't really know how to play with Davis. And you watch the plays yesterday where it's like Westbrook brings the ball up. Mm. And he, for people listening, they in they a game they probably should have lost. 
they right. ended up beating Charlotte in OT. And I think part of it was Charlotte just went cold. at the, Charlotte played really well in that game. and They went cold at the worst time. But it was weird to me. He brings it up and you could see he's almost, it's like watching a little kid. Like, I don't want to screw this up. And he's passing up opportunities to go to the basket and carefully throwing passes to Davis on the high post, not really using Davis. It's not like they're playing together. It's not like they're running pick and roll and he's figured out any sort of semblance of chemistry with them. They have no chemistry. And it's kind of like, all right, Anthony, go ahead, create something for us. And Davis, you know, he fouled out Plumlee. They was able to win the game for them. But I, I've been surprised by that. I thought they would figure out some chemistry. And it's like, who has Anthony Davis had chemistry with other than LeBron and Rondo? LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron and Rondo, right? Those are yeah. the two guys that yeah. he's actually clicked with. Rondo had that great, the alley-oops he used right. to throw him in New yeah. Orleans and stuff like that. that We're was... not seeing any of that. No. Davis doesn't seem, I don't know if this, this is just the face that he has, but. He's an he, odd superstar, right? Right. He's he, sort of a. He's a, got the weight of the world on his shoulders at all time. And it's like, why is this more fun for you? You know, right? Like, this seems yeah. like you should be enjoying this. Very interesting guy, too. And, you know, if you remember before they won, a lot of criticism coming his way, too, because he had games where you'd look at the box score and you'd like, you can't even get two rebounds, dude. Like, what's right. the deal? You know? So he has those lapses. And again, the greatest of the great, they don't, they don't have those lapses. And that's why there's only one, two, maybe let's say there's three of them in the league right now that are like that. Maybe yeah, that guy I think, Curry in, in Golden State. I think he might be one of them. Yeah, I think there's a top four right now that stands out. And by the way, I don't know if LeBron is on it. I think he can play his way back into it. But Yeah, he can. He can. The, I mean, Durant. Durant's been unbelievable. Durant, and, Giannis, Curry, and Jokic yep, are Jokic. the four best players in the league. And that's that. And yep. I don't know I mean, if LeBron has one more throwback season in him where he can play and make that a five-some, but those four guys night to night are, they don't have nights off. And if Curry's missing, it's just because he's missing. But you know he's going to come back the next day and do what he did last night. Well, you know, it's funny. I was, um because he had that 50-10 game, which was just ridiculous. And seven rebounds. And by the way, I was, the first thing I looked at was the minutes. He only played 30, only 35 minutes, but that's pretty good. But, you know, I, I said, oh, I wonder what his true shooting percentage is. I wonder what it is so far. I bet it's really great. You know what? It's okay. I mean, it's it's good. But so um, Rudy Gobert has the highest, you know, the big guys always have the highest true shooting percentage. But the guy who's second is Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Right? He's crushing it. He is. He's like 71.2% true shooting percentage. I was just really surprised. I guess I haven't paid a close enough attention uh, to what he's been doing because we're so mesmerized by Steph. But, you know, Giannis is the other one. If you look at Giannis and what he's doing, and I know they're not, you know, winning, but Lopez has been out, Middleton's been out. Well, Drew is it, out. Yeah, and you know, I think the secret big story for me so far in the NBA that I don't hear anybody talking about is, oh, remember the bubble? We do it the right way. We protect all our players. COVID is destroying the early part of this NBA season. We could do an all-star team of guys that have COVID now with with uh, Joel Embiid as our starting center with, you know, Tobias Harris, Middleton. I mean, uh, the list goes on and on. And I mean, I think it's really affected these teams. And no, it's almost like we've just become a fact of life now. Yep, we're going to miss guys. We saw it in football, time. too. Yeah, yeah the Cleveland, crazy. the Browns today, all of a sudden it's like they're not going to have Chubb and Hunt. Yeah, oh, they're not going to have their two running backs? All right, uh, well, you kind of yeah. keep going and you're just used yeah, to it. Chubb was looking like all world, for God's sakes, you know? So it's just, to me, that's kind of one of the secret little stories. It's almost like 
I don't understand it in some ways. And I guess it's because, well, the players are vaccinated. So that is a big difference between the bubble when there was there wasn't a vaccination. But it is kind of interesting to me how everybody's just downplaying that. You know, it was the biggest story in the world. And now it's just like, oh, well, I don't really get that. I mean, other than Kyrie, which is a, a constant story. But I think the big thing with that. There was uh, a more of a sense of doom in the early stages mm. of this, but now Fair. with the vaccine, at least it's like, oh, like I heard Embiid got COVID. I'm I wasn't thinking like, oh my god, I hope mm. he's okay. You know, now it's like, all right, he'll be back in two weeks, and then you your mind goes to right, well, but he's struggling. He, they say well, he's but that's the thing. Your mind yeah. goes to will he be like one of those guys where like Jalen Brown is he still using an inhaler? Like I he's still he messed is. up yeah. from COVID nine right. months later. So you wonder like what's going to be the effects and. There's going to be stuff that we learn, what, eight, years nine later. years from now, yeah. right? About mm-hmm. the effects of this. I'm glad you brought up Kyrie, though. We're going to take a break, and I'm going to throw a theory at you that I think you're going to enjoy. All right, so Kyrie, you mentioned COVID. You mentioned this weird season with Kyrie, Ben Simmons. There's a lot of weirdness. Oh, um, I know. It's guys bizarre. going down. It's, it's And the fouls, which we'll talk about later. The Kyrie thing. Kyrie's going to be in the all-star ballot. And Mm -hmm. what's weird to me is the NBA had a moment here where they could have, they could have gotten ahead of this. They could have said, you know what? This year we're only going to have 60 people on the all-star ballot. We're cut, we're cutting it. We're not making it. This isn't like, not everyone's on here. Now we're we're really cutting, cutting the lineup down. We know who the best 50, 60 players are. We're going to pick them. And that would have been like a roundabout way of not having Kyrie on the ballot. Kyrie being on the ballot, he's going to get voted in the games in Cleveland. He's and not. it's going to completely He's... overshadow All-Star Weekend. I'm telling you, they have a moment here to get out of this. This is going to ruin All-Star Weekend. Not that that ultimately matters, but it well, will. A couple of things. So uh, when it comes, I'm not a conspiracy theorist in general, but when it comes to oh, voting for the All-Star. Rig it, you, rig, are you doing a rig in the ballots? A hundred percent. The All-Star game has been rigged forever. Forever. <laughs> I can't tell you how many arenas I've been in with Former PR guys, most of them are gone now, retired or passed or whatever, who are like, oh, I go, what's in the boxes? Oh, yeah, all-star ballots. I'm like, oh, you're hiring like an intern to check the boxes. I go, hell yeah. So I'm just telling you, and this will probably cause a commotion. But I think, you know, I've never bought into the all-star ballot as being anywhere near fair or accurate. Okay, let's say that. Now, a couple of things. Number one, you're right about one thing. The fans have 50% of the vote. There'll be a whole, there'll be an anti-vaxxer groups that will completely mobilize themselves, stay up all night, 24-7. It's going to be politicized. Flooding, flooding, the, flooding the market for Kyrie. And, and I think there are a lot of people in China that like Kyrie's shoe. So there might be a lot of voters from China that are willing to do that as well. But here's the thing, Bill. So let's say the 50% fan vote gets him, you know, in good shape. 25% of the vote is in media. He will get exactly zero votes. Zero. And then 25% are the are the players. He'll get exactly maybe two, like one from Andrew Wiggins and maybe, you know, Aaron Rodgers will steal someone else's ballot, you know, right? (laughs) Shailene Woodley is going to vote for him. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's not going to happen. You're you you stop worrying. It's protected. It's protected. The way there'll be lots of stories about it. There will. Do you you think we see Kyrie this year? Because I do. Okay. So what? What? Walk me through how that plays out, where Kyrie I, I suddenly shows up again. I think something will happen. Whereas 
And it might not be till February, you know, where vaccination rates continue to increase. Somehow we get new data, new information about the virus to temper it, its, its effects. And eventually New York rescinds its mandate. That's oh, what and I that's think how he plays. Yeah. I don't think, I see one thing I, you know, I've been around Kyrie. I wouldn't say I know him well, but I will say this. When he thinks he's right, he thinks he's right. And the one thing I can tell you for sure, and so can every other coach or GM or even teammate, no one's telling him what to do. That's just not going to happen. And right. the more you try to tell him, the less he's going to listen. So I do believe there'll be a resolution to this. Kind of an organic one, I guess, is what I'm guessing. And then the question becomes, how much time does he need? You know, he, as you know, he's had injuries the last few years. So playing a season, let's just say for February. So how many games would that, be, how many games would that leave him with? 30, 40, something yeah, like that? 30, 32. That might actually suit him best, honestly. If he plays 32 games, goes into the postseason, and then I think they still can win the championship. I would argue that suits a lot of people best. Yeah, of course it does. We Adonde, know that. Adonde was on here a few weeks ago, and I was really jealous of this take about how the bubble, how great that was for LeBron, that he basically only had to play 10 weeks, and he's always going to be in the best shape in the league of anybody. That's right. And he comes in, 10 weeks, basketball, and that's, Adonde was saying that's, as potent as he's going to look in a playoffs at this point in his career. At this point in his career, now it's sure. like with the regular season miles you put on leading to the playoffs, you're going to be dinged up. That time he wasn't. And that's right. why he was so good in the bubble. I thought that was a really smart point. Yeah, he's right. And it's it's interesting to me because, you know, right before this season started, LeBron did the whole, I'm playing 82 games unless they tell me, you know, unless something happens, I don't want to sit out. I don't want to sit out back to back. Everybody hates that, right? All the players hate that. Chris Paul hated it when they did it with him. And nobody wants that. And now that he's had two kind of nagging injuries and we're only in November, I wonder if he's no. changed his mind. It's an old guy. Old guy maybe injuries. He's, you, that, maybe he's you, changed his mind. You know, maybe he's going to look at it now and say, all right, so maybe he'll use the bubble. Maybe he listens to Donde and Bill Simmons on the BS podcast. Who knows? <laughs> you know? He definitely doesn't. And maybe I, he'll say, I don't know. There's some, there's, you know, because I just know if, Le if LeBron is anywhere near full strength, he can drag these guys along. He can. I never count him out. I just don't. I'm not counting him out either, which is why I was very careful to say there's a top four. I don't think LeBron's in it anymore, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he ripped off well, 39 and nine for the entire month say, of March. So let's say he's not in it night after night anymore. But, but that's, why, that's how I think you belong. Yeah, right, we're talking right. peak he belongs, but I'm saying... When no, you're right, in that but, elite but group, it's like every night. There is no right, nights but, off. But here's the thing. If he sees Giannis out there, you don't think he's going to bring it that night? If he sees Durant and those guys, you don't think he's going to bring it that night? Well, did I you did. see did you see the Cleveland game? Because this, oh, this yeah. told me like, oh, okay. So now this is, he still has it when he needs it. Because Cleveland comes in, he's hearing a lot of stuff about Evan Mobley. Right. And in the fourth quarter of that game, it's like, come here, young one. Yeah, let me it's show time. you. Let me show you. Let me introduce you to the high screen with Anthony Davis. Let's see if there you're you ready go. for this. And he wasn't. But it was a great experience for Mobley, who is my favorite rookie. I, I'm over yeah, the he's moon. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's I am great. over the moon. You saw KG in the mid-90s. I talked about this last week, but I wanted your take. Like, I feel like he's year three KG right now. 
Well, so KG was an interesting guy, though, in his rookie year. I don't know if you remember, in his early months of his rookie year, he didn't play a lot. Oh, he was like I mean, a babe he, in the woods. Yeah, yeah, he really was. He was thin. He was, And you know what he was, too, which is so funny when you think about his persona now? He was just respectful. He was re- too respectful in yep. many ways. Like, he's just like, all right, I, I got it. I wait my turn. I'm going to do what I need to do. And uh, I don't see that with Mobley. I don't mean that Mobley's disrespectful. I'm just... Mobley's like, here I am. Let's go. You know, he's really fun. He's clearly been the best rookie. Defensively, it's ludicrous. It's I think you didn't you write the first KG piece about like, hey, oh, this who is knows? this is I no, I know. think you did. Because I, I remember I was researching for something and there was a piece for me. It was like year two. Yeah, I and can't it was remember like, hey, what this, I did yesterday. This Kevin yeah. Garnett thing is happening. Like, this is a real <laughs> thing. Be ready for this. Yeah. Was I like can't remember what features? I did yesterday. So I don't I think you did. All right. Yeah. Cool. The, I the did. Mobley thing, though, and this is why I thought he should go first. I'm wrong a lot. This was not wrong. The stuff that he does at that position is more rare than finding a guard. And I'm sure Cade Cunningham's could be really good, but guards are the easiest things to find in the league. There's 20 right. guys who might, you know, who could make an all-star team who have the ball all the time at guard. I can't right. find anybody who can switch on the guards and run the floor like Mobley and already has the touch and the passing that he has. I think that's going to be a, at least a playing team. The run, the run and the run and transition. That's, you know, you, just, you might be watching that. You might be watching Cleveland. And then he gets the ball, you know, they have the ball in transition. And then you're all of a sudden you're sitting up because you're going to wait and see what decisions he makes. And my God, he makes really good decisions already. That team is interesting. You know, they're an interesting team and Sexton's out now, I think. Right. Because, which Rubio. is weirdly good for them because yeah, they're kind of better when Rubio has the ball. Yeah, when Rubio, the numbers with Rubio and Garland on the floor today are, are really good. And I'm not saying Rubio is going to have 37 off the bench. I mean, that was that was incredible. But, you know, we were talking before about being in shape, being ready. You know, the Olympic Games for him are is the NBA championship in many ways. And he, he dominated during the Olympics. So not super shocking that that carries over a little bit for him. But yeah, there's a, a couple... Team. Yeah, Sexton is like De'Aaron Fox to me where I get it. I enjoy watching him. I see the stats, yeah. but I'm not positive that can be your point guard if I'm actually trying to win multiple playoff series, you know? And that's well, like, I would have traded Fox for Simmons if I was Sacramento. Like before the Simmons tailspin, maybe that's right. not a good idea now. Yeah. But yeah. in the moment, it's like Simmons is just has a higher ceiling than Fox. Now I don't know because Simmons has been so weird. It's even hard to guess what his ceiling is anymore. Well, uh, you know, the the one trade that I always kind of chuckle at is Kyrie for Simmons, you know, because can you trust either one of them? Because if you can, they're both so talented. I mean, Simmons, the lost in the narrative, and I get why everybody's so down on Simmons. It's impossible not to be at this point. He hasn't done anything right. But people are forgetting he is a dominant defensive player. I voted for him for defensive player of the year last year. I thought he should have won. I did. I think I did as well. And so people are forgetting that because it's not as sexy. I guess. You know who's not forgetting is Daryl Morey. That's why oh, he's... Oh, I know. Yeah, Daryl's you know. not going to do anything till he's right. I mean, but those, that, that Celtics um, Simmons stuff, like, are you uh, for real bullshit. right now? That was unbelievable. I was like laughing when I saw that. And it's you know, still, it was, you know, it's got residuals here. I'm in New Hampshire now. I'm not in Boston anymore, but they're still talking about it. And I'm like, how on earth can anyone take this seriously? Honestly, I mean, you gotta be kidding. If you read it carefully, he wasn't saying that Jalen Brown for Simmons was being no. discussed. Shams wrote this. Right. He was saying, um, they've talked, they, they kicked the tires, see if he was available. 
And basically, Philly said Jalen Brown would have to be involved in any deal. Right. But the way it was right. written was ambiguous, and it looked like they were talking deal, and Jalen Brown might be right. on the table. And in fairness, which I, right, which was just bad editing, honestly. Right, and in fairness to Shams, he said there's no traction. So right, but yeah, but, he but said that. you know how the he knows how social media works, and you know, hey, so do we. You get aggregated, it's over. Yeah, you know, like that. But, that one you have to write really carefully, and it has to be edited really carefully. Otherwise, what happens is what happened. Where the whole day, it's like. Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons? The Celtics are never doing that in a million years. They are never trading Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. And it's like, oh, well, what if they throw in Tyrese Maxey? No, no, they're still not no, doing no, it. No, 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 no. It's never right. happening. Stop. So so my big question is, do you think um, if Ben Simmons still isn't playing for the Sixers, he'll come to the Sloan Analytics Conference in March? That's <laughs> oh, my I'm... God. <laughs> what a bold move that would be. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> he he just do... crashes it. You could do a panel on a defensive transition or something. I just, oh my God. I mean, who who blinks first? Like, who plays first? Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving? Who plays first? Uh, Kyrie, I think for the reasons you laid out. But doesn't I, Ben Simmons have to play at some point? Shams had something in that piece about how he's been engaged with teammates and stuff. I've heard the opposite. I've heard he's not talking to anybody and there's like a lot of animosity about this whole situation. So what have you heard? Well, so it depends which teammate, okay? Hmm. So Joel Embiid will never talk to him again as if, if, if possible. You know, he's done with him because let's face it, these two are in this together. But a guy like Danny Green is a veteran. He's been around forever. He cares about everybody. He's probably talking to, he's, he's talking to Ben Simmons, I bet. Or if he sees Ben Simmons trying to engage with him, because it's not the same investment for Danny Green that it is for Joel Embiid. It's different. Right. It's different. Where do you so, think, how do you think Doc handles this? I mean, Doc's as old school, gruff yeah, but, as it gets, right? This is like everything he hates. Yeah, but, he, but he's also a guy that is like, I don't know, he's a problem solver. You yeah. Know, like he had terrible problems with Rondo. They're fine now. They're great. They're on a group text with Big Baby and Paul Pierce and KG and all those guys. They have a really funny group text that I actually got a little glimpse to thanks to Perk. Mm. But but they um you know, in the moment Doc doesn't mind saying, "Hey, why are you being such an asshole?" Like, I want to understand cuz I'm trying to help you here. So like, tell me again, why are you being an asshole? Could just tell me so I can find middle ground with you and help you. You know, Doc can talk like that. Players respond to Doc. He's been around so long and, uh, you know, just a real beacon of social justice for them. And that goes a long yep. way with those players. All those right. things, you know. What happens in New Orleans? How long How New long Orleans. before somebody's the fall guy, which I would assume would be David Griffin, the GM? Well, I thought they were going to let David go last year. Didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I nothing, did. nothing has been right. And certainly the stuff J.J. Reddick said was not particularly helpful. No, for for David Griffin's career, I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. It's a shame, isn't it? That whole thing is such a shame, and the squandered shame is, a, squandered assets. You know, where you you basically just starting out with Drew Holiday and Zion and Brandon Ingram and a bunch of picks and Lonzo, and now you look where they are now, and they're just in a worse place. Like it's undeniable, and and they don't seem like they can corral Zion into staying in shape. Yeah, and that's a big. That's a big thing. Although, you know, it's funny. I was watching the Celtics game when Doncic hit the game winner again. I mean, just an incredible shot. And I was watching him throughout the game. I'm like, man, he is too big. They were, you know, they, they got themselves back in the game by running him up and down. Yeah. And I'm like, man, he can't continue to play like this. And then the guy sticks to whatever it was, 29 footer in their face. And I'm like, eh, 
maybe he can, you know, everybody like, like Shaq always said to me, Shaq always looked bigger. I mean, he's the biggest man on earth. He is. Anyone that stood next to him can tell you that. But even when he was in really excellent shape, he never looked it. He never had the chiseled muscles. And I said, why? So does that bother you? He goes, yeah, it's those damn salad eaters. You know, those guys that look like they eat salads all day. And like one of my best friends doesn't work out at all. She's not an athlete at all. She's ripped. I'm like, how is this happening right now? I can lift weights all day in my new gym, by the way, which has some great memorabilia in it. Maybe next time I'll give you a mm. tour. Yes, I just finished it today in my new house. Oh, congrats. And thank you. But I never look ripped. Doesn't matter. So so maybe maybe that's the case with Donji. I do think he's overweight. So he's maybe got the he's Larry, Bur- Larry Bird body? Maybe. Oh, I think a little worse. A little worse. Of course, Larry just needed Rick Rowe to be traded. We've already covered this guy. <laughs> right. He would stop <laughs> drinking beer left. for the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once Rick Rovey left, he, you know, he, he cut down on his drinking by about 70%. I mean, I, I was laughing. Who was I t- telling this? One of the ex-players. One of the players that's playing now, but one of the younger guys. That after games, the, you know, all the teams would have beer in the locker room. Right. And, and if you were on the road... I can remember being on the road with the Celtics once and, um, you know, there were beers and there were leftovers and like, I can remember like Bird putting them in a, like a pillow sack and taking them on the bus with him. You know, those were the old days. We used to have well, beer in the press room. Maybe that's what Luca's doing. I, I'm with you. I'm disappointed he's not in better shape. I, I, cause yeah. I thought he was, oh, I thought so it had phenomenal. all the makings of the obvious MVP jump season. Yep. And, he's, he, and might he might still, he might still. happen anyway. He certainly yeah, I mean, has like the second incredible. best odds. But he's, but you know, he handles the ball a lot, but he turns the ball over a lot too. I mean, he's a little more careless with the ball than I'd like him to be for a guy. And I know he's a big guy and all that, but you know, he's a point forward, a point center, a point, whatever you want to call him, point dump truck. But he's, he should be more careful with the ball too. But he's so fun to watch. So fun. Jokic is somebody that I do feel like is slightly better shape than he used to be. And you can see it and he moves that, and it's helped him, you know. That might have been the Olympics too, again. Yeah. You know, the Olympic Games. How about the Morris Jokic beat? I know, the I was going to ask you about that. The brothers are on Twitter now. I love it. His two brothers who I've met, who are every big bit as big as him, by the way. They're all just big, strong dudes. What's and, fascinating about it is it's probably the finals of, I hope these two brothers never get crossed with each other in a bar <laughs> in the NBA, right? The Morris yeah. brothers, legendary. And the Oakland no, brothers, yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with them. And now it's now it's this is turned into pro wrestling. It's like serious beef. And Marcus, you know, threw down the gauntlet like, "I'll see you, bro," and he will. Oh, Markeef, yeah, yeah. No, Mar-Keef. no, but Marcus, no, no. Marcus weighed in and said to Jokic, "Yeah, I'll see you. I'll see you. Oh, I'll be Jesus. waiting for you." Yeah, those oh, guys, yeah. the Morris brothers, they don't mess around. And I you thought, don't mess um, with them. I'm telling you, yeah, I did a story don't. with them. They are so close. I don't. I'm not sure I've ever seen any brothers. They're twins, obviously that close like they, they would go to each other's playoff games yeah but they finish each other's sentence they yeah. have the same like when i was talking to him i think it was one of the years we were doing a draft special espn and um they were both in the green room we were in new jersey and uh or new york i can't remember but i said something to them and it was surprise whatever i said must have surprised them and they both raised their eyebrows like the in the exact same way it was oh my god uncanny so you you don't think marcus morris like he's going to just tell his his team, hey, sorry, guys, blood first, man. And like in the first five minutes, he's going to do something to Jokic and you can mark it down and the league can threaten him and warn him. I'm just telling you, I know that guy and I know how he feels about his brother and he is going to even that score. I'll tell you this. That was a cheap shot by Mark Keith Morris. 
I agree it with was, you. It actually reminded me a little, everyone forgets the reason the Artest Melee started yeah. was because at the end of a game that didn't matter anymore, Artest really, really cheap shot fouled Ben Wallace. And Ben, ben Wallace, Wallace was, yeah. that's what, Ben Wallace like lost his mind. He's like, are you kidding me? And the Jokic thing, there's a good angle behind the basket that I put on Twitter today. It. Where it's like, yeah. yeah, it was it was shoulder into the rib, so he could have had a yeah. cracked rib. But if you look at the legs, he actually, like his knee goes into the side of Jokic's knee. That easily could have been like right. a sprained will, MCL or something. I will was say bad. This. That was a bad it, play. Uh, it was a bad play, but Jokic's play was worse. He, it was. It was. It, was, I mean, a, it was a cheap shot that followed a cheap shot. Yeah, you can't shove someone behind like that. His neck snack. I didn't like that at all. Yeah. And and you'll it's kind well, of but if he had punched him, would it have I mean, if he had punched him, would it have been any different? He's still he was trying yeah. to hurt him at that point, which I think he was bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. And it I, wasn't yeah, great. That was a no. bad one. That by NBA standards, that was one of the worst ones we've had in a while. Cause I'm with you. I think Morris could have gotten legitimately hurt. Yeah, agreed. agreed. But on the and other hand, he does that thing to Jokic and he struts away and turns his back on him because this is that Miami Heat team. Like they're really yeah. trying to establish themselves as the bullies, right? Right. And you see like, they, yeah. this is the identity they want. So he does that. He's trying to prove a point because he knows they're playing him again. But you know what's funny about that? Like, so yeah, that's Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo can do that, but not really. He's a really pretty sweet kid. You know, he's a big, strong, True. physical kid. But like poor Duncan Robinson, you know? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> so, how did I get into this? Come on, man. Leave me alone. I just started at Williams College, all right? You know? And like, well, that, I mean, did you see Tyler Hero coming toward Jokic? Well, kind of like, well, what Hero, happened? What, what yeah. was that? Yeah, I did see that. He didn't Hero, want any Hero, part of that. Yeah, but he had the little snarl. Like, he's got a little bit of that in him. But I, you know... The Heat's interesting to me. I think we said early on when we did the last pod we did that we thought they'd have some traction and and they do. But you, again, you worry about minutes for Lowry, time for Lowry. But he's so tough. I love Lowry. The problem really with Lowry is. at the age he's at is he's just going to have the games like last night where he has like four points. Yep. That's you know, true. and that's they have to figure out how do they ride that out? Because Morris, I joked on Twitter, he was their 11th man. He's actually probably their sixth man. They're not as deep as I think you know, people would think because they had to trade a couple guys left and right to get people. But that, I'm sure that's a buyout team. That'll be, there'll be two oh, more guys on that team in February. Me? Oh my God. Just all all anybody ever wanted the minute the Miami Heat became an expansion team were the, was for them to be sort of good. Kind of like the Phoenix Suns. Just be yep. sort of good so I can go live there. That's exactly. Ooh, that's a good segue. We're going to take a break. Let's talk Sarver quick. All right, so the Sarver story, Baxter Holmes spent, what, eight months on it, and about a week before it comes out, somebody leaks on Twitter, hey, this story's coming out, which I thought, that was I, weird. I know you didn't like that. I um, did not. That's kind of like what Morris did to Jokic. <laughs> right. Um, Seriously. Story comes out. It seems like this, there will be probably another story. My guess is usually when a big story like that comes out, there's usually the follow-up story that will have a couple more people who are now um, emboldened, ready to talk. Right. But you've worked on stories like that. Like how, when you're in the process of that, especially when you're talking to that many people, right? at some point the team finds out they're going to be aware of it. Somebody's going to, you know, rat you out that you're working on it yep. and you also, you want to go into that with an open mind, right? You don't want to have the story written as Sarver accused Baxter of, which I don't think he did, of I had the premise before I actually interviewed anybody. Um, how do you handle a story like that? What was like the biggest version of what you worked on that was anything close to that? 
Well, we did, you know, a Reggie Lewis investigation when Reggie died. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was the worst story I've ever worked on. Um, and there was a bunch of us working on it together. I mean, Steve Fainer was incredible, uh, who's two-time Pulitzer Prize winner, by the way, yeah. who I think still works for ESPN, although it's hard to tell. He doesn't um, enterprise stuff. I mean, he's just an amazing reporter. And, and we had to go around and talk to these players who loved Reggie. I mean, everybody knows I loved Reggie. I covered the kid. Literally, I literally grew up with Reggie Lewis in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, I was covering Northeastern when he was there. I literally, the, at the end of his four years, I got, you know, f- full-time promoted to the NBA. I was doing little NBA here and there, but when they drafted him, like, I went with him. Like, I knew him for, you know. And so now I have to go around and ask these players that adored him and know that I adored him about his drug use, you know. And those were difficult conversations uh, that I didn't really want to have. But, you know, that was part of the job. And the reason it was important and people used to like some of the people that I interviewed for that story said to me, why does this matter? Why is it even important? You know, and I said, well, because Gilbert Mudge, this attorney, is getting sued by Donna Lewis, Reggie's uh, wife. The, the doctor, not the, he the was doctor, the, doc, the doctor. Right. He yeah. was the doctor who said that he had a benign fainting condition, which at the time, I can remember when he said that at the press conference, I'm looking at Dave Gavitt, God rest his soul, and saying, you cannot be buying this. But it's it's what they had to do at that time to keep Reggie and Donna part of their, you know, whatever. But I'm getting off the rails here on this story. But the point of it was that these were difficult conversations. And the reason it mattered was because, I look, I didn't like Gilbert much. I thought he was smug the day he had that press conference. I'm like, this guy is grandstand. But the fact of the matter is, he claimed that in private, Reggie Lewis told him that he used cocaine. He he swore that in the in the trial. So this is not hearsay. So it was that was his sworn testimony in the uh, you know proceedings, and that's why it matters. Whether we like Gilbert Mudge, whether we thought he was smug, whether we thought he was right or was wrong, he he has the right to due process. So if in fact Reggie Lewis told him that privately, and players and other people on the team knew he had done drugs, that's why it mattered. Because the truth always matters, right? Yeah. So that story was very, very difficult. Uh, I, cost, I was living in Boston when that happened, and it was the worst. I, other than the Lisa Olson story, the most polarizing newspaper story, I think that we. Yeah, had. and it, it was no fun to do it. Um, when he was his number was retired, some of the family members tried to get my credential revoked, and this is someone. I mean, I cared deeply for Reggie Lewis personally and professionally because we yeah. went through so much together. There was the some truth, Herald Globe stuff, some back and forth too. That, there was, but yeah, that's because that the Herald, with no, with all due respect to the Herald, they, I mean, we spent so much time on that story, months. Yeah. And we, we were talking to doctors and team members and coaches and people in his past and people all through the league. I mean, everybody had an opinion about that and we had to wade through it all and we had to make sense of it. And, you know, some of the interviews I did for that story, I will go to my grave with the names of the people that told me, yeah, I did drugs with Reggie Lewis and I'll go to my grave with those names. And, you know, he had an incident at Northeastern, as you yeah. recall. And, uh, you know, he tested positive. He had a, he had a failed drug test at Northeastern. That's a fact. Yeah. And so I, and I, I don't want to, I feel like I'm besmirching Reggie Lewis's name all over again. And it's no. not my intent, not my intent. He was a fantastic player. And you know what, if he did drugs and I don't know how, to what level, he wasn't alone. He wasn't the first or the last. It doesn't change the fact he was a great kid who did amazing community things and was a fantastic basketball player. All of those things can be true. And that was the part 
that I think is hard for people to understand. So when you well, get he into pa- this story- he passed out in a playoff game that I went to, and that you yeah. were there too. And oh my god, yeah. Um, and was sitting and there on the floor, it so and eerie. it was it was horrible. Like he could have died. Eerie. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, I get what you're you know, saying. Yeah. So those kind of stories for me, you have to be really, really careful. And, and I know Baxter well. He's an excellent reporter, and he is very, very careful. And I thought it was important for this story to have somebody's name attached, not all sourced. And he got that. He got that with Earl Watson and some of the others, uh, Corliss Williamson and some others. And that's important because those stories, you have to have that or you might, or, or you have no credibility, even if it's true. You've got to have somebody coming out and putting their name behind it. So what happens to the Suns? Do you, because as we learned from the Sterling thing, unless there's audio or video, right, right. people can get out of this stuff. Well, I mean, the league's going to investigate. It'll be interesting to see how Adam Silver handles this. Um, he had a lot of courage when it came to Donald Sterling. Um, courage that was that, that was a lot easier. And there was also a boycott that there he was. had to deal with. And right, yeah. but but you know, as much as and you know, I love David Stern. I know you did too. And look, he was tough on me. He was tough on everybody. Tough on me. But he was, you know, he looked the other way on Donald Stern. There's no question about it. So will Adam Silver now look the other way on Robert Sarver? Because we've all been hearing these rumors and these innuendos about Robert Sarver for years, for years. Yeah. We've known about this. So now knowing it and actually reporting it are two different things. People always say, well, if you knew it, why didn't you write it? It's not that simple. It takes months and months and months. And again, I go back to the idea. You have to have concrete evidence. You have to talk to people on the record who can describe to you what they saw, what they witnessed, because there isn't a video. It's like Ray Rice. I always go back to that. What if, if someone said Ray Rice, you know, knocked his wife out and then dragged her onto an elevator. And everyone would be like, ah, man, she probably, they were in a fight. They were probably both drunk. But then you see it. And it's just, you, you can't go back. So is there video of Robert Sarver somewhere or audio of Robert Sarver somewhere that can corroborate all this? Because I don't doubt Baxter Holmes for a second. I just don't. Um, that'll be interesting to see if it surfaces. I mean, there was, I don't know if you remember this, but... um. Henry Abbott, who I worked with at ESPN, had a true hoop story regarding a service that Robert Sarver attended where he said some incredibly off-color things about his friend who had passed away. And they were pretty bad. And uh, so I wonder if that will resurface because that there was audio for that. Well, I was thinking the Hawks owner um, who got bounced out because he had allegedly made these inappropriate comments on, right. on a... I think it was a draft conference call, but then right. it was a question of whether they edited the actual audio to make them look oh. worse. And it was the minority owners. Basically, this is a big cat fight with all the owners. They oh, end up okay. selling the team. Right. And right, I wonder right. with the Phoenix thing, I always, one of the questions for me is always what has to happen for something to push a story like this over the top? Because as you said, there's lots of rumors, lots of conversation. You have situations like Earl Watson, who I think a lot of people like. He had a yep. bad experience. A lot of people had bad experiences right. with the Suns and the guys a blowhard. We all have a Sarver story. I told mine on my podcast last week. But still, I wonder, like, somebody's winning from this and whether it's like a minority owner or somebody who mm-hmm. thinks they have a chance to buy the team if he has to sell, um, what that part comes in. Because I do think this is a really valuable team. And if oh, he yeah. sold it, he'd get a lot of money for it, which is complicated the same way it was complicated with Sterling. But at the same time, like this, this would be a really big deal if the Suns sold, because I think that's one of like the eight or nine best markets we have. 
I don't see that happening unless something new emerges. Because so we, we need like an actual. I agree. Yeah, with we you. don't. We don't have the smoking gun per se. Now Adam Silver can't just gloss this over. He can't say, "Well, I've investigated and there's nothing here." He can say, "Yes, Robert Sarver acted inappropriately at times. Said inappropriate, not acted." said inappropriate things at times, which Sarver admits in the article, there are a couple of situations yep. involving the N-word, which is so sensitive. And so, I mean, action will be taken, a fine suspension. I don't really know what. The, when this stuff happens, the ones I always feel bad for are the players. Did you realize yeah. Chris Paul again is in the middle of this? Oh my God. I mean, like he was in the middle of it with with Sterling. Now he's in the middle of it again with Sarver. And the, and the dudes like had this, amazing career resurgence and he's the leader of this franchise who's playing really well and he's this you know this wise leader and all this other stuff and and now this it's like I feel God. bad for the the Suns fans too because yeah. it's it's like a secretly tortured fan base and they finally had light at the end of the tunnel they made the finals they have a really good nucleus then they lowball Aiden so yeah. now who knows how that plays out? And then right. you have the Sarver scandal. And now it's like, wow, what are the Suns? The Suns have had have kind of sneaky had multiple scandals over the years. They were like heavily involved with the drug scandal. Drugs, stuff in the yeah. 80s. That was a big one. It was one. really bad. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, no question. Yeah, so I mean, I think something else has to happen with that. And, um, and again, that's not to diminish the reporting Baxter did at all. Because like yeah. I said, I think he did a really great job getting people on the record talking about um, some pretty serious allegations that should be taken very seriously. And I think it's up to the media to uh, hold Adam Silver to that, hold him to the standard of, hey, this is one of your NBA owners. I've said this a million times, not a million. That's a lot. I've said it a bunch of times. I speak in hyperbole. Have you ever noticed that? I I've like it. it about <laughs> myself. Uh, but anyway, you, if I had more time, right, if I could go back to my younger self and when I was doing all these stories, I would have spent a lot of time investigating every single NBA owner. Mm. Because every single NBA owner has something along the way that's worth looking into. And uh, some really sharp young reporter out there should do it. I'm too old. I'm kind of semi-retired. So someone else is going to have to do it. Sorry. Sounds like a movie where you're, you're yeah. in your new house in New yeah. England. I'm planting trees I'll never climb, Bill. Planting you think you're retired, but then you get sucked back into one last big story. Yeah. Meryl well, Streep plays Jackie McMullen. Oh, or how about that really dark movie with Jack Nicholson? Um, the Which girl one? in the red. Oh, it, the ch oh, what was it called? I asked him about it. He, the, this little girl would wear a red dress and, the, and this serial killer was killing little girls in the red dress. He was a retired cop. And oh, he, I know that movie. Yeah, oh, he, I think he directed that. Yeah, what's yeah. the name of it? I know it? what movie the, you're talking about. It's like The... The Crossing Guard or something like that. Uh, I can't remember, yeah. but I asked him about it at, uh, before a Laker game one night because, you know, I got to meet him and I was saying hello to yeah. him. And, and uh, he's like, that's the movie you're going to bring up? Because like, everyone's <laughs> like, I love The Shine. I go, I said, I, I, had a, I had a bad ankle. I had sprained my ankle really badly in high school. I was home from school and I watched that and I was like mesmerized. And it was the darkest movie. And he said, oh, that was the worst. The, the guy that wrote the book, we had, to, we had to keep the ending. Like he wouldn't let us change the ending. And he said, that, that movie did really badly. And I can't mm. believe you. I got him all pissed off. He's like, I can't <laughs> believe you brought up that movie. What the heck? Why can't I remember the name of it? Oh, I love Kyle, that Kyle's movie. gonna get it. Kyle, um, get it for me, man. It was wait, um before we go. Yeah. I gotta talk about the 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 rule changes because we didn't talk about that. How oh, much yeah. I've I'm really enjoying this season. I'm not the only person saying this. No, I no, love no, the no. physicality. I love that they got rid of a lot of the garbage fouls. I have no sympathy whatsoever for these 
People the like pledge. Trey and Harden. Sorry, the pledge. The pledge. There you sorry. go. Sorry, the pledge. I had to get that out of my head. Okay, sorry. Uh, I have yeah. no no right. sympathy for some of these guys who were basically gimmicking the system and now it's not mm-hmm. working the same way for them anymore. And we see this in every sport, like in football, the Belichick Patriots. Right, right. Super physical with the Colts receivers. They switched the world. You got an audible. You got to figure out. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, it's it's done a couple of things. I love how much more physical it is. It really reminds me of other I eras. It, does. it also, to, like somebody like Durant, who I'm just continually amazed with, like just watching that dude put up 38 points, getting his shot. He's one of those guys that doesn't even matter what the rules are. You could change the rules tomorrow. He's like, cool, I'm still getting right. 35. Like, well, that's what it. are the rules today? Oh, the other guys have six players? Right. Cool. I'll, I'll score 32. Whereas some of these other guys were so dependent on some of this contact stuff, I'm actually surprised that I didn't realize it was such an important reason for their success. Well, you know what's funny to me about this? The NBA is so smart. So they made those rule changes. And, you know, let's be honest. It's Harden and Trey Young. They are the two that been, have been affected the most by it. It's, you know, clearly. But they've been really smart in not letting anybody go to the line a lot. So, so then it's like, oh, no, no, we weren't targeting these two players. Free throw shootings down all across the league. Nobody's yeah. shooting a bunch of free throws. And that was just really, really smart because you can't you can't say it that way. There's a flow to the game that did not exist the last few years and was so frustrating for people like us. We're still one I would always talk about yeah. it because it's that plus the the challenges they've been able to cut down. It's still not perfect, but it's mm-hmm. a little it's a little better. But now that there's a flow to some of these things and things play out better and you just feel like you watch an overtime. It doesn't take 25 minutes. Right. So I'm really psyched. There's some stuff they need to, they still need to figure out the clear pass stuff and the, the stuff, the stuff where I, you I, pre- prevent the, the fast break and all that crap. I hate the clear pass. By the way, Chris Paul's another one we should have mentioned. He, he, boy, did he max out getting Chris Paul's another one. Yeah. Right. He was a, yeah. He was another one. So, but I think it's really helped. It's made the game more authentic and, I think one of the great things, there's so many good players, especially this season, you see it in the Olympics where the rules are different in the Olympics. And it's like, yeah, you do this and the the, the refs just automatically decide I didn't like that technical yep. foul. And the guy's like, wait, what? But then they adjust yeah. and they realize what, what yeah. you can and can't do. And I think we've seen that already in this season. I think the quality of play, granted, we've lost some guys in COVID yeah. and we've, we've had some injuries and things like that. But I think the quality of play is really good. I also think there's more talent than we've had in a long time, like probably since the early 90s. Well, where you look you, even the teams like Houston and Cleveland and Detroit, and it's like Kelly Olynyk's on Detroit. Like that guy's a good player. He's been in yeah. playoff series, you know? Every 100%. team has like six, seven guys that I kind of like. Christian Wood. I mean, Christian Wood, it's too bad he's not on a really good team. People would really like Christian Wood. Yeah. He's another guy. And the rookies, I think, have been good. Like Jalen Green, I don't know what he's going to become. He has no idea what he's doing on defense. Like zero. That's all right. But he's he's got the basics. He's got the, he's like Edwards last year. Oh, you have a first step. Oh, you're super athletic. You'll you'll be fine. He'll be okay. And Cade Cunningham, I mean, I feel badly for him because he started late anyway. He wasn't ready to play because he couldn't because of injury and stuff. But then just, Everybody's watching. You know, he had that bad start. What was he? I forget how many threes he missed to start the year. Right. It was, you that know. was tough. And so now everybody's looking at that, but he's going to be fine. He'll be okay, too. I agree. Though I worry about Suggs, not not because I don't know if he's good or not, but the Cole Anthony thing was unexpected. Like, not only is he playing really well, but he's very alpha doggy. And well, I think he took the Jalen Suggs thing. 
No, that part's not unexpected. Yeah. But the fact that he took a leap combined with this is a guy who's been the best part right. of his team since he was 12. And now you have Suggs here. And it's like, here are the car keys, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony's going, nope, I'm actually going to yeah. take the car keys. Yeah. And that's right. his team. I, I think Kim and Bridges should be the two most improved guys. I'm not buying the John Moran thing as much because he was so good last year. Right, he was. But I got to see Cole Anthony over the course of a year because he's another guy that I'm not Do convinced this. is a great shooter. You know, is he a great shooter? I'm not convinced. I love his moxie. He gets it from his dad. And I love know, the competitiveness. He, he's um, really competitive. And he's really, you know what he was really mad about? He was not all NBA rookie team. He didn't make the second. I voted for him on my second team, but he did not make it. And he blasted the world over that. Like he took yeah. that. He was really, he could not understand it. He's another one of those guys that we were just talking about. Positive self-talk. I'm the best man. How could you leave me off this team? Right. You know, I'm one of the best. So those guys you always want on your team, but you have to put it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, our pal Marcus Smart, right? Marcus Smart. He can shoot threes. Now, I'm not saying he's Ray Allen, but he can shoot them from time to time. The key is don't take nine of them in a game. That's all. Take four and make some. That's good. Just don't take nine. That's I think all. he broke me with the Doncic play. Yeah, that, that was might have been it. So I can't, unexpected. I can't Talk bounce about back unexpected. from it. First, so like calling out, calling out Jalen and yeah. J and Tatum during a game when he had zero assists was aggressive. Um, and then you you look at that Doncic play, which is one of the dumbest plays I've seen yeah, in a basketball game in a while. Yeah. And it's like you're the leader of this team. Like it, that, and then you see Udoka today. He now says, "Yeah, we're not going to have a captain. All these, all these, we have Al and Jason and Marcus and Jalen. They lead by example in different ways. Like you're not going to have a captain. What? Well, I don't think uh, that's weird. I don't, I don't think Brad ever had one either." During his yeah, but, entire but you're saying you don't need a captain because all these players lead in different no, you know ways. And it's like, you, you know what you're, you're saying? None of these guys know how to lead. What are you talking no, about? What, you, what you're saying is you don't have one. So yeah, you're not going to name exactly. one just for the sake of it. Yeah. Right. That's what you're it's saying. It's like, yeah, He's well, right, they, too. we have different guys that it's like, all right, well, you don't have a leader. That's why we don't have a captain. That's right. It's I, maybe rough. it's a challenge. Maybe it's a challenge to them. Hey, you want to be captain? Show me you deserve it. I don't know. Do they still go for stuff like that? I don't know. Let's uh let's end on this. Kyle, turn the camera on. Is Jalen Brown on the Celtics in three months? Yes. Okay, great. I'm relieved to hear that. Tell your tell your dad. He's worrying un, he's worrying needlessly for now. The only way Jalen Brown isn't on the Celtics if he asks out, which I don't think is gonna happen. Are you feeling better? Are you sure he's not gonna happen? I'm pretty sure. Why would he do that? Okay. Is this Marcus Smart still on the Celtics in three months? Better question. Not sure. Not sure. Me neither. Yeah, that's a better question. Interesting. Although, well, see, Brad Stevens, the coach, would always want Marcus Smart, but maybe Brad Stevens, the GM, is realizing this is a little more complicated. The thing about Marcus is he does have the most value to the teams that have really great players because ah, I yeah. think they, they think... They're not watching 82 games of him. Right, right. Which is why I still feel like there's a chance if the Philly Ben Simmons thing craters and they're just trying to grab a package, then maybe Marcus is a guy. I will say that. I mean, every time I'm like, ah, uh, Marcus, I remember, you know, the Charlotte game. that they Remember, they beat Charlotte in overtime also. Do you remember the play at the end of the game? Gordon Haywood's going to, like, Gordon Haywood played with him. Are you dumb? Yeah. I mean, I don't mean... Gordon Hayward isn't dumb, but I'm looking at Gordon right. Hayward going, I'm, the whole, before it even happened, I'm saying to my husband, you know better, you know better. And he, 
He tries to get it in, and you know Marcus Smart's going to jump that pass and get the ball. And I'm telling you, he does that so often. And every time he does it, I'm just, it's like... You can't believe somebody fell for it. I can't, but I also can't believe it makes my night. Like, it's so hard to do. And he does it over and over and over. And it's, it's pure effort and timing. And so that's why Marcus Smart's hard for me to turn my back on. Sorry. The Celtics can't. are, I'm with you. Because I'm, I'm sure I'll, the, the Luka thing was tough. That really, that yeah, really, that was unfortunate. Uh, that really uh, it was unexpected. Me. I, I would say they are a top five. Watch out for this team when we get to mid-December when guys can start to be okay, traded. See, team. I, yeah, maybe. I just, you've been more bullish on them from me from the beginning. I just, not sure I know. about them. You're right. Yeah. I homered it out. I was really good with my over-unders this year and the Celtics thing. I just... Basically, it's what like... What did you say? I think you said 48 over under and you said over, right? Is that what you said? No, it was 44 and a half. Oh, okay. And you said like, They're going to go 45 and 37. They have two guys who are going to average 53 points a game. Like, we're getting 45 <laughs> wins. They're averaging 53 to 54 points a game and it doesn't matter. It's a disaster. And it is. Horford's been really good. He's been really good. Really and good. And you worry and about his minutes. Good. I worry about his minutes. I mean, he did kind of have a balky knee, right? So I worry about his minutes. He's been fantastic. He really has been. He's been really I just good. don't like and their team as been much fun. as... I mean, Schroeder's been fun, but Schroeder, Schroeder gets, shoots a little too much too. I just want Schroeder to go to the basket. Just go to the basket and be mean, you know? You don't need to shoot threes. Just go to the basket. I'll tell you, the Schroeder-Smart combo is not great for my dad. My I can't dad's seven, 74, yeah. he's popping heart pills and... Those two guys out there at the same time with Richardson, it's like they're trying to torture my dad. At okay, that point. I'm just going to tell you, I'm about to one up you on dads because my dad <laughs> is 96. <Right>. Okay, <laughs> God, Fred, I hope you're feeling better. My dad had a bad fall on the exact day I retired. Mm. He's, he, God bless him. He's on his way back. And he and my mom, who's British, they watch the Celtics every single game. It's unbelievable to me. And my dad does not like Marcus Smart, never has from the beginning. And my mom is fighting. They're fighting at dinner over Marcus Smart. I'm like, I never, my dad grew up, my, born and raised in Queens, Bill. He's been a Knicks fan his whole life. Oh my and God. Now my, and now my British mother and my New York City native dad are fighting over the boss. I don't even know what's happened to them. I don't even understand it. Jesus. It's yep. so funny when people get old and they have the, it's really a basketball thing where they have the one guy who drives them crazy. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was sitting during the early bird years, we used to sit next to this old guy and he hated Rick Roby because Roby had bad <laughs> hands, right? He would get a right. pass and then the ball would bounce off Roby's hands out of bounds. He'd be like, oh, Roby! And he would just like <laughs> scream. It was just Roby drove him crazy. And I, Smart has become like that for a lot of Celtic fans. Yeah. Where they don't see the good anymore because there's so many frustrating things he does right. too. And he is so, he is going to be a guy that if he gets traded, he's going to go to the new team and everybody's going to absolutely love him. Oh yeah, he'll kill it. He'll crush it. You know, for me at times, as much as I loved him personally and he had some great qualities, it was Kelly Olenek. I'm like, could you box out just right. one time? Just <laughs> once. You're seven feet tall. Just yeah. one time. You yeah. know? Bring like, you, put is, your arms is, out. Is Smith is out rebounding you. Like, come on, man. So at times, Kelly was that guy for me. All right. Say hi to your dad. Good to see I you. Will. We'll see Thank you in a you, couple Bill. weeks. All right. You bet. All right. One of my favorite people to work with at ESPN was my friend Kevin Wilds. We did a lot of good stuff together, including 10 glorious episodes of the Grantland Basketball Hour, which left the legacy of, I think, the greatest set in the history of sports television. You can go look True. at it on YouTube. 
We did a whole bunch of other stuff. He also used to come on my podcast, even though he was a behind the scenes person, allegedly, and do half-baked ideas that you might remember from the old BS report. And then there was a twist. Wilds becomes an on-air personality. He's now yeah. on First Things First, getting up every morning on FS1, and he's in the take business. And I intentionally didn't watch the show for like nine months because I knew you'd have to get your feet wet. But now you're like, you're like a take guy now. You're doing takes. You're, you're banter. Well, you're getting up every day. You're doing stuff. Well, first of all, I, I thank you for waking up at 4.30 in the morning. No, I DVR. Every day, every day to watch me. But you know you watch it live. You're a linear TV guy. I appreciate it. 4.30 nope. in the morning, Bill's firing off notes. What do you think about this, about Ben Simmons, Wilds? Hey, what do you think about Mac Jones' uh, ankle twist? Yeah. So thank you, Bill, for being up at uh, 4.45, firing off takes. Do you like being in the in the take business? Like the like we've had some juicy ones this week. We had Rogers with that Rogers is still going. That's a week. We have was did Jokic excessively overreact to Markeith Morris's True. clearly terrible cheap shot? Was it too cheap of a re retaliatory cheap shot? And then we had the Mac, jo Mac Jones ankle twist. And should anyone go with Odell? It's just the stuff writes itself. It's fantastic. Yeah, I like being I like being part of a team. How about mm. that, Bill? That's my, honest to God, that's my favorite thing. I like being part of a, like a new team. It's a new show, a new show for me. So I yeah. get to meet a whole bunch of new people and work with new people. So that was my favorite part. That's not the strongest take in the world, but that's how I actually feel. When did you feel comfortable as, as a guy on a show that the cameras are pointing at you and Great you have question. to have energy? And I remember for Countdown, I didn't feel 100% comfortable until probably... I would say two thirds of the way through the first season. Yeah. So I would say the worst advice, and this goes out to all of your listeners too, who are going out on dates or going out on job interviews or just mm. meeting someone for drinks. Hey, be yourself. Be yourself is horrible yeah, advice. Don't be yourself. Don't, your, yourself, hate to break it to you, everybody. Yourself is horribly boring <laughs> and, and uninteresting. Yourself is terrible. Yourself you is measured, thoughtful. Yeah. 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 Yourself is is hor yourself is is very very boring. You have to be a, you have to just be the shinier version of yourself. You have to be the best version of yourself, the caffeinated version of yourself. Just yourself with a little bit more, I don't know, a little more opinionated. Like I got to this point, like I didn't want to give predictions for a little while. I was like, well, no one can tell the future. And Nick makes fun of me now about it. That I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to be that guy. And then I realized I went out to dinner. And I was like, I was like, hey, what do you recommend? Uh, you know, the steak or the chicken? And the waiter is like, ah, you know, they're both really good. I'm like, this dude, have a take, buddy. And I'm like, oh, that's me. That's yeah. me. So now I'm just like the steak. The steak is one of the best steaks I've ever tried in my life. We, we, we've sourced it from Oregon. All I've <laughs> been doing is eating organic grass. The farmer yeah. goes in and gives it a massage and then we feed it alkaline water. Oh, and then we slaughter it right there. We fly it right to the restaurant. It's a great steak. Go with the steak. That's what you got to do. This I'm was not, so that's you, a steak take for you. I got takes on steaks. New show. Steak. steak takes. Well, you were behind the scenes on Sports Nation. This was a whole coward thing, right? Whatever the biggest. And I learned from this too. And I always think about it when I do a pod. Like when something happens, what's your angle? Yeah. It can't just well, be the same angle everyone else has, but it also can't be a stupid angle, but come up with something that has some real thought that's got a little twist on it. It's something that people used to do 
I think more when they wrote. I know I always tried to do it when I was writing columns. And now the column writing has become a lot more basic because it's so much is driven by the headline where mm-hmm. it's like, Roger should be ashamed. And then the, the column just basically backs up the headline. The, the take piece of it, of just not having a Roger's take, but having a take that nobody else has that's fun and interesting, I think is the art. Yeah. So we have, we're, I'm lucky for a few reasons. One, we go first. So it's not only the show is called first things first. Right. So we, we get to go first. So a lot of times that doesn't, um, that doesn't poison the well of what your take is going to be. Because a lot of times by the, by five o'clock, six o'clock, the media is actually responding to old takes. Like you see a lot of shows just become media criticism. Like you'll see the Joker thing you talked about is like criticism of Joker fair. It's like, okay, well that's not the take that you can have at seven 30 in the morning. That's a take you can have it's at a, five. Yeah. Yours is fresh. You're, you basically yeah, turned on this, turned on the skillet and you're making omelets. We're ready and to go. Yeah. Literally. Stuff, yeah. And then the other thing is between Nick and Broussard and, and Jenna, like I get to play a lighter, I get to play like a light role. I'm like, yeah. I don't, Nick does a lot of, Nick and Broussard are, are so good and so thoughtful. And so, um, you get to zag, as Rosella would say, you can do some zags. Yes. I can just be like, you know what, you know what you should do here. Uh, it's, I can give out, out a half-baked idea. I don't know if it's taunting, but, uh, you should have Juju Smith-Schuster. Sh- should they, they should only do, uh, they should have a special TikTok section of the field. So instead of taunting, you can go over there. Like I can say anything. Like, oh, that's a thoughtful, that's a thoughtful thing from Wilds after you hear from Nick and Broussard. So I'm in a lucky spot. Well, um I you always had great takes when we hung out. Oh, that's kind and it's of so you. funny. It was it was me, you, Jacoby, and some others, but you and you and Jacoby specifically were behind the scenes guys who became personalities eventually. But you'd come on my pod and we would do slices, you know, you, you throw one pitch, but now you get to use all the pitches. I'm with you on fantasy always says it's like, you can't be you on a pod or on a TV show. You can't be you specifically, not you, like what you were talking about where yep. just being yourself doesn't work. You have to like stickify it a little bit, energize it up, but it can't be too much either. There's like, it's gotta be like 15% uh, extra, 12%, I think that's fair. you know what I mean? F- yeah. 15%. But a lot of times people are like, Oh, What's what's uh what's Bill Simmons like? What's Bill Simmons? I'm like ah, you kind of know Bill Simmons. Like, don't yeah. you think that is like the further? The, yeah. Excuse me. The closer you can be to your actual self, the more successful you can be. And like, it, there, it's always odd when it's like, oh, did you hear that? Uh, yeah. So maybe it's like eight percent. Yeah. I don't, you know what? I I got to take it's five percent. It's not eight percent. A lot of people out here are saying fifteen percent. Those people are fools. It's five. It's five point five percent. Well, let's do some take stuff because you think the Celtics should trade for Ben Simmons and I think it's absolutely idiotic and I wouldn't go near the guy. Okay. So Nick said this on the show this morning because I was fired up. I said, Kevin McHale's not walking through that door with Kevin yeah. Garnett gift-wrapped for you. You got to do something. Yeah. So Nick, Nick says, the Celtics haven't, have won one championship since the Reagan administration. I said, what? Is that true? It's like you got one championship since Reagan left office. God, that's a long time ago. So when you look at it in that perspective, it's been this rebuild for decades. You got one championship that feels like it weighs more than other people's championships, but we got just as many championships as the Bucs. And the idea that this team is all of a sudden going to gel and turn into a championship contender is not going to happen. 
if it was going to happen, it would have happened. So the idea that you can get a, a three-time all-star, uh, all-NBA guy, almost defensive player of the year on the Celtics, who, by the way, doesn't need the ball. Like we're talking about, eh, nobody will pass it to me. Ben Simmons will raise his hand like, that's fine with me. Go with me, fellas. I'll pass it to you even more. I'm shocked there was such a pushback from the Celtics faithful that wants to just tread water in, in the sea of mediocrity, mm. waiting for someone to save them. So I'm surprised you didn't like it personally. It's, it's a really strong guys. take. Literally, his name's Simmons. And if I told you, hey, the guy Simmons from LSU, imagine if he was on the Celtics, I feel like you would be, love it. And now you're like, no, Daryl's trying to fleece us. Plus, he has the same name as my son. So that, that part would be even a little crazier, more disorienting. I think he has a competitive disorder. Ben does. Now, can, can you fix that? Yeah, my Ben doesn't. My Ben is fucking ben competitive. Is good, yeah. yeah. Ben Simmons, Philly Ben Simmons. I haven't liked the competitiveness. And I do feel like the more, the older I get, the more I do this for a living, the more I think about sports and what succeeds and doesn't succeed, it always seems to come down to, at some point, everybody is roughly the same talent. You know, and you have your outliers, like you have Giannis, who's a physical freak. You have LeBron, who's one of the great athletes we've had and is also like a basketball genius. And there's going to be outliers. But for the most part, all of these guys were really successful at some level. And then the next level, and then they hit this level where everybody's as good as them for better or worse, talent wise. And then it comes down to like, how are you wired? Wait, how do you shake off failure? How hard do you work? Do you try to get better every year and things like that? And I, I just don't see it from him. Yeah. So the thing that struck me, and I thought it was a huge deal. No one else thought it was a big deal is that he bailed on the Olympics. I don't think he has a, a skill problem or a talent problem or like he's not going to learn to shoot great in one summer. He had a big stage problem. So it's like, all right, I just kind of played horribly on the big stage. I wish there was another opportunity, but I guess I'll have to wait till next year. Like, oh, hold on. I can play in a loving environment with Patty Mills and Joe Ingles and they said all the right things and Matisse played and it would have been this great sort of like very nurturing environment, even though like whether he decides or not, Ben is still our friend and, and we still love him. I was like, this is perfect. He's like, nah, I'm, I'm going to work on my game. And then a few months later, we got some like soaking wet sweatpants uh, and jumpers on a half court and half the court was like a putting green. So <laughs> that, that, well, he did me. this with LSU too. Remember he bailed on the LSU team that, as that season went along. That was weird. So I thought, meanwhile, for the Olympics, Devin Booker just lost the finals and, and he rides the plane. He's yeah. like, all right. He rides the plane with the box. He's like, oh, it looks like we're going over, fellas. He just yeah. played. He had every reason in the world not to play, but the dude loves basketball and yeah. he wanted to go play. They, so they, you're they, making they, my case for me. Well, no, just, I know. You're agreeing still, with me. I'm just saying, I also think Jalen needs, needs his own team. I don't want Jalen to, Jalen is not, you know, I hate the Robin Batman thing, but I want him to be, He's the Batman guy. It's like, let him be Batman on another team. So I want Jalen to succeed. I just don't. I don't My know question is, how can they get Ben Simmons while keeping Tatum and Brown? Now I'm interested. Like, yeah, but at okay. some point, at some point, if you're Philly, you have Embiid who, who knows what his physical shot, hey, every, is, does he, can he play three weeks in a row? Has anybody had more stop and starts during the course of a career than him? 
And if you're Philly and you like the people you have around him at some point, can I talk you into a Marcus Smart, Aaron Neesmith and some picks package for him? And is that the best they could do? I, I, I don't think they're trading him for anybody that's not a top 35 guy. But I also don't know how long this goes. Like, are they just going to have a staring contest for three years? But don't you think Daryl has drawn a line in the sand here? That he's I do. Just like, I think he refuses has. To me. He's like, well, it's going to go on for four years. Like, no, it's not. Like, it's just, it's not going to go on for four years. We're like, oh, Ben needs to get out and play. Like, Ben can't play in Philly. That's just not going He's that He cannot go back to Philly. The, nobody go- wants him. So could Kyrie be where this ends? That's what, that's what, you know, this is my third Nick Wright reference, but he said that very, very early. But I don't think Kyrie, I don't know if Kyrie wants to, Kyrie said he's going to retire. He wants to play in Brooklyn. I'm, I was, you know, the funny here, the, my, my strangest Kyrie take, I thought, and I'll leave the vaccine stuff aside. I was like, you know what? Kyrie grew up a Nets fan. And once they started wearing the throwback, uh, the throwback Nets jerseys, like the Keith Van Horn jerseys. Yeah. I was like, oh, Kyrie's got to hate that. That's got to that's got to really I know he wants to put on the old school Jason Kidd Richard mm. Jefferson Nets jersey like the I McCulloch wonder, jersey. I, yeah, I wonder <laughs> if that just moves if that just moves the needle no pun intended just one degree like ooh it would be nice to wear those old Nets jerseys. Jesus. But, I don't know how the Simmons thing plays out and it's one of the rare sports stories where I don't even like if they had bets, you know I as you know I like to gamble from time to time. I've heard if there were like bets with odds, I wouldn't even have an instinct on what to bet. I have no idea how it plays out. I think a lot of it is going to have to do with a team ending up in an unhappy situation where they need to make a move, talking themselves into it. I still feel like the Darren Fox thing makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I guess so. He said he would but, go to the West Coast, but no yeah. one has ever been happy there. No one has ever been happy there. What do you do with the Rodgers? Yeah, Peja, that's about it. What do you do with the Rogers story as it develops? Like, cause that's like now a week long story, but there's only so many, so many ways to go with it. And it's like day six. And it's like, all right, it's time for another Rogers segment. That's so, where I would be in trouble doing a daily show. I don't, I, I would, I would start to get mad at some point. I even remember when I was doing countdown, just being mad about having to talk about the Lakers every time. It's like, <laughs> I'm out of takes. This team's not winning the title. They suck. No, I don't have anything else to say. What do you want from me? No, we're very, we're, if we're not into it, we don't have to talk about it. There's not That's like, good. I, I also feel like everyone already has, there's not, not a lot I can add to the Roger story. Every single person who saw that or is, or has a take on it already. So when you're not going to move anybody off of their position. You're not going to like, I, I've never read anything like, oh, interesting point. It just becomes an argument about the topic. I, I just don't, I think it's like a fool's gold of an interest topic for sports talk. How about that? I think w- way more people are interested in the actual Packers. I have a take you're going to be jealous of it. This is the first sports story I can remember where we didn't hear from the athlete after he screwed up for a couple of days. And then when we did, it was to People Magazine. What the, was that? Well, he just went on McAfee today, I think. But this was People Magazine well, was, People was Magazine first. A real, was that a real thing? I well, can never tell. It's like a someone close to it was it was one of those a source close to the NFL star. Come on. So mm. he this this now is like how a celebrity would handle this, not like athletes don't handle it this way. Like if something happens in the NBA, LeBron's like, where do we go? People magazine. 
So, but it's going this whole thing with, and this is part of the problem with Rogers, right? Like he, he now thinks he's a celebrity. Like he's like Tom Cruise or Channing Tatum or somebody. And that this is framing his interactions now where he's like, he thinks he has a chance to be the Jeopardy host. And he thinks he can just completely submarine his football team and cause huge distractions. And that's okay. Even though he's the quarterback and the quarterback's supposed to be the leader. And it just feels like he's now a celebrity and not a football player as much, even though he's still one of the best football players. People but magazine is, he, is weird to me. I, but I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is a, as big a celebrity as you think he is. Like if does my mom, Maybe is, my not. mom is my mom a hundred percent sure who like I'm talking about celebrity. I'm talking about like the rock. Like let's put the rock is like a celebrity. Leonardo DiCaprio is celebrity. Celebrity, normal people who don't follow football. Like, well, we, I always used to call are. this the mom test. I feel like he's a celebrity yes. from the State Farm commercials. No, maybe. Because I always thought yeah. that was the Chris Paul. That was the best thing Chris Paul ever did. If he doesn't have Great. the State Farm commercials, he's just the guy who was like better than Darren Williams. Who, who by the way, is fighting Frank Gore. Did you see that story? I'm so into it. I think Frank oh, Gore is going to get destroyed. I really do. I think he's going to get his ass kicked. You scouted. (laughs) I did. I did some scouting already. (laughs) I think Frank Gore is going to get this. What? I might have talked to a couple people. Darren Williams has been boxing. Van Lathan said Darren Williams has been boxing since he was like a kid. Frank, Frank and he's also bigger than Frank Gore. I like Darren Williams. Darren Williams, first two rounds, knockout. (laughs) That's a take. (laughs) You forget that big NFL players are still might not be as big as what is considered like a small NBA point guard. Darren Williams but, was really physical. Like I, I remember the two guards and I remember asking a few people this, like who are the people you just don't like playing against? Like, it's just like the next day you're just not happy. Your body hurts. And it was always Darren Williams, Baron Davis. Baron Davis, yeah. like just physical. He's bouncing into you. And the next day you're feeling it. But Darren Williams was even worse than that. He was like 6'3", 220. Okay, but that doesn't work. So now he gets to box Frank Gore. I just, I heard your- So you I, like Gore. I, we should bet on this. I don't like any, I don't like any, I don't like, I don't like celebrity boxing. And I listened to your, your, shoot, I'm going to get exposed here. Jake Paul or Logan Paul. Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Jake, Jake Paul. Paul. I listened to Jake Paul pod. And yeah. I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that how he sort of figured it out, but I'm right. still not. You can't get there. has not opened up yet for a celebrity boxing. Well, match. your kids also aren't old enough, which is the real problem. Well, that's, yeah, that's what you said. You what's said your, what's the name of your you, oldest kid? Uh, how, I mean, like the age of your oldest kid? Oh, oh, nine. Yeah. So four years from now, guess who's telling you to get the Jake Paul, Frank Gore extravaganza on pay-per-view? Russell. <laughs> Dad, we got to get, we got to get Adrian Peterson. It's Adrian Peterson versus a kid from TikTok. Like, no, Russ, we're not. Get the crypto. We got to give me a, you know, one nine hundredth of a Bitcoin. Like, no, I'm not going to. It's funny you named him Russell and now it's the name of various polarizing superstar athletes. How do you figure? Russell Westbrook. Incredibly polarizing. Russell Wilson. Starting like, it's going to get there if he starts asking for a trade. There's going to be that little, hey, wait, are we sure he's worth four first round picks? There'll be a little backlash on him. That's all I got. So no the the only the only thing that's polarizing about Russell Westbrook in our home is that Russ that's Russ's favorite player. I also like indoctrinated him like follow right. this guy. This guy plays hard. It's just super fun to root for. So we went to a Thunder game at MSG. So we had a bunch of Thunder stuff. 
Then he went to the Rockets and we're like, all right, Thunder stuff's gone. We got the Rockets bedspread. Whoops. Now the Rockets bedspread got, but you don't throw away oh, the bedspreads. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I like the Rockets. They're in last place. Got to go to make the bed. They got the stupid Rockets. And then they got, then like, all right, I guess we're Washington Wizards fans now. Got a bunch of Wizards stuff looking like Joe House. That's gone. So now we're going to get Lakers stuff in the house. But we've gone through a lot of iterations. That's tough. Of, uh, maybe, maybe hold. He might, not, he might not be on the team in February. But better want to hold up. <laughs> Just, It'd be funny if your son was like, why do you love Westbrook so much? Is it because he's also named Russell? And it's like, no, I love low field goal percentage and bad decisions. (laughs) (laughs) So my two favorite things is the little kid. I love a 27.3 percentage three-point shooter uh, who also uh, makes terrible decisions in the last two minutes. That's my jam. And just for the record, that is what children love. Just like you see him playing basketball, like, I'm going to chuck this up. I don't care what time he is. it is. Russell Westbrook's better understand if you think of him like a nine-year-old child playing basketball. I'm going to throw this in. This looks good to me. I got I to gotta look at it. If I pass it, I'm not going to be able to shoot it. I only get credit for scoring. You're never like, hey, great, good, good job getting open, Russ. Nah, chuck that thing. And then they make bad calls. Those We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. And it's the return of Half-Baked Ideas. It hasn't been on here in a while. Yeah. It's my fault. I just don't reach out to you enough. You're always like, I didn't know what was going on with your time clock and getting up early. You got a family to juggle the whole thing. I work 24 hours a day. And my phone only works one way. It's very difficult. We're going to take a break. Come back with Half Big. All right. It's time. Half-Baked Ideas. So, Wild started doing this on my old podcast, probably like 09 range. I don't remember. And the concept is, these are not fully baked ideas. There's, it's no. a piece of an idea. There's something really good in it. It doesn't quite work. And yet you can't stop thinking about it. It's a half-baked idea. Yep. Give us your first one. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the intro. Here are the half-baked ideas on the agenda. Hope we might be able to get through to them. Maybe we have to wait till the next episode. All right, we've got uh, uh, Bed Bowl, Dame Day, Larry O'Brien's The Bar, a gym that looks like a store, Marathon Coffee, The Living Room of Highlights, Gucci flag for referees, annoy ahoy, set sail to where we annoy your troubles away, an invention called a telephone, WILB, Wilds Indoor Leaf Blowers, but we start with Chuck It Cheese. Mm. So I got a dog, two dogs, got to chuck it. Never Love get the chuck ne- Who doesn't? My I actually, confidence. I don't know if you know this, but once upon a time, I was the Pedro Martinez of the chuck it with my first dog, Daisy, on the sidewalks of LA. And I just felt like I was like Greg Maddox with that thing. And, and have you ever been like, oh, you know what? I'm done with my chuck it. If anything, you want more chuck it time. Yeah. So this is chuck it meets Top Golf, chuck it cheese. The tagline is this, good for man's best friends and your other friends too. And I also wrote a little a radio ad. Kyle, you can put music behind this. Tired of the same old night out at the bar? Well, come on down to Chuck It Cheese. It's like Top Golf, but with Chuckets. Literally, there's just a bunch of Chuckets everywhere. Pick one up and Chuck It. We don't care, and th- that's it. And then it's we just throw Chuckets everywhere. What What are we throwing? Why is it cheese? Is there, are you saying it's because it's a playoff Chucky's cheese? It's Chuck It Cheese. Am I actually throwing cheese at somebody? No, gosh darn it! You're not throwing cheese, but you certainly you're certainly welcome to bring your own cheese and throw it. That's just we're just piggybacking off the uh, Chucky Cheese branding. Well, who am People I competing? I, I, who am I competing? Well, Chucky's cheese is going to sue, so I don't like that idea. They're not going to sue. Why can't I you just call them. it Chuckets? 
it's like Cheez-Its, Chuckets, yeah. But how am I competing? So you say it's like Top Golf. So we've got a few things. So okay, the 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 way we're gonna go through this is you ever hear about like engineers like oh, I think outside the box like they when they you like build a college or you build an apartment complex like oh we didn't we didn't put sidewalks in we just put the grass down and we let the flow of traffic we saw where people walked and that's where we put the sidewalks like holy cow that's smart so we're first step of chuck it cheese is we're just going to have a big open area invite people and see what they do and then that will be our business plan we're not going to pigeonhole you in it's not a one size fits all thing here is what i'm thinking though okay maybe there's tons of dogs there maybe there's absolutely no dogs maybe this is just time for you and your friends to throw it maybe it's uh the skills competition just like top golf where there's targets that you have to hit with your chucket now we're maybe, talking uh, maybe it's more like paintball I can see that happening too. A little squid games type vibe where it's like, oh man, it's like dodgeball with the chuckets and all of a sudden like you're with, you're with teammates and they've got all chuckets and you've got chuckets. The chuckets are dipped in paint and you're getting pegged with the chucket. That's a little more extreme probably. I think it's going to end up just being like top golf where there's beers, uh, there's, there's targets and you're throwing the chuckets at your buddies. Maybe there's a few Labradors running around. Maybe there's not. I, I think I have the key wrinkle. Okay, go. The dogs are already there. These they're are the house best. Dogs? They're house dogs that are the best chuck of dogs, basically oh, in great. the in the city. So okay. you're going yeah. and you're like, can I have, can I have Amber the golden retriever? And they're like, oh, wow. well, we have Amber's booked until you can have her four to five thirty. You go and you throw and you go Amber, and it, it's almost like horse racing. You're competing against other people. You've got oh, to use you- their dogs. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if those do- the jumping dogs in the water. What, it, what I don't know what. what yeah, I think part there's. Like I the think there's a game. swimming pool piece. I think you have oh. to chuck the thing. There's. There's like a narrow part you got to do. Maybe it's like an obstacle course. There's something here. This is a good half baked yeah. idea. Good it's start. Also, might be like frisbee golf. Maybe like maybe we're walking around and throwing our chuckets at. It's it's a uh, we're throwing chuckets at like targets and we're having fun. We we've got a. a a golf cart we're in. Did I ever big. tell you what my first dog, the Deuce, who I ended up writing about on ESPN that somehow became the most read thing I ever wrote for ESPN when she yeah. died. She just, just warning to everyone, don't read that one. Don't Bring read that Kleenex. piece. It's really sad. Bring um, some Kleenex. 2004, after I left Jimmy's show and I was writing for page two and it was really all I was doing. Um, and I used to take her on the sidewalk of, of outside where we lived and I would throw her the tennis balls and she would bring it back. I taught her how to drop a ten? I she would go. I would throw it first. She would go down the sidewalk full speed, and she would bring it back full speed. As she was bringing it back, I taught her how to drop the tennis ball, and I would throw the other tennis ball the other way, and she would just go back and forth for like forty minutes and drop. And the neighbors were like amazed. They thought this was like the craziest thing they'd ever seen. Chuck no it. video. No video exists. Chuck it. I love. I'm all in. Okay. Chuck it. Next one. Fantastic. Okay. Now, this is reader-submitted. I don't know if I've ever done a reader-submitted Interesting. idea. Wow. I, I, I Sometimes I, I wade in the compliments looking for a little self-esteem boost. So, oh, who thinks Wilds is clever? Oh, that person does. And this hmm. person wrote something. I said, that's a half-baked idea. Now, the reason I usually don't do the reader-submitted stuff is either they're so stupid that they don't reach the level of half-baked idea, or they're so good. I'm like, buddy, 
That ain't a half-baked idea, my friend. That's a business plan. Save that trash for right. Shark Tank. I need stuff that is at the intersection of plausible and ridiculous. It we had a couple. Happen. We had a couple of those in the Grantland days where just people would ideas. be like, "Wait a second, you should." That's actually a real idea. You guys should. Yeah, that's the, really I, that cool. No, that defeats I, the purpose. The, out. Now I th- those are thumbs. Yeah. And for that reason, I'm out. Okay. This one is. It's from a reader or a a handle or a listener called Stega Wow. Stega Wow has a, a charismatic Stegosaurus as their icon. I don't know who they are. Maybe it's a Stegosaurus. One Here of the best is. Stega Wows out there. <laughs> a place called Champions. I have since renamed it Larry O'Brien's. I'm helping them out here. At that, first, a, first a, of all, I love that. Larry O'Brien's. Great name La- for... Larry yeah, O'Brien's. That's, that's great already. Keep going. You and your crew, this is, this is quoted from Stega Wow. You and your crew get car service to a locker room where you will be greeted with bottles upon bottles of champagne, <laughs> goggles, and a killer sound system. Party like you won the championship. All cleaning is taken care of. Buy as many bottles as you like from various price points. Great for celebrating intramural championships, your home team winning the cup. Maybe they're Canadian, I'm not sure. I don't know where cups are involved. Now you can celebrate like a champion. <laughs> without actually being one. A little bit of a downer there, which I have a spin-off idea. Stegawow also then commented in the comments because people are like, wow, this is a half-baked idea, my friend. They said, there's also a fake coach pop. I don't know it's, if it's an old, just an old man would come over to your table and say, you deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's, that's, I, re- I renamed it Larry O'Brien. So now I, then I added on to it. I try to augment this idea. So when we, when we get, you got Larry O'Brien's here on the left. I also get the neighboring establishment. And this place is called Silver Metal. Now, this is just a Wilds exclusive. Silver Metal looks just, <laughs> looks just like Larry O'Brien's, <laughs> but it's totally depressing. Like, <laughs> and you can hear the fun. And you go to Silver Metal if you're having a bad day. You just you don't want to turn up at Larry O'Brien's. You yeah. just have to wallow in your own mind. And Jim Gray is there on special nights to ask <laughs> you what went wrong. <laughs> and it's, it's part bar, part Jim Gray. Session. Jim Gray is available. <laughs> and you leave there and dedicate yourself to becoming a better person. <laughs> <laughs> Like never again. Uh, I'm gonna work so darn hard. I'll I, never end up. See, I would call that place. Car- why can't you call that place Carl Malone's? Oh, Carl Malone's. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to Carl Malone's. Malone's. Hey, go to Mal- Wait, no one's ever had Carl Malone's there. Malone's. <laughs> Malone's are smoking cigars. Smoking cigars. I have uh, a slight wrinkle to Larry O'Brien's. So my son won the flag football title on Friday, which I've now mentioned on two straight podcasts. It would have been so cool. If they won and everybody's so f- psyched and then you have nowhere to go and it was like, it was late, late Friday and we're like, we'll do like a banquet thing next week. Just throw the kids in the car, go right to Larry O'Brien so they can pour sparkling apple cider wow. on each other for a oh, half the, hour. Children's version Rent it out. Yeah, O'Brien. children's yeah. version. Just pour, they can do the goggles, we take pictures. They're all like jumping up and down. The goggles yeah. is great. And I think you can go in I also Maybe that's called Little Larry's. Little Larry O'Brien's. Little Larry's. <laughs> Little Larry's. <laughs> Little Little Larry's. I also have. I'm going to throw Jacoby in here too. I got a lot of sidebars for this one. Yeah. I don't know if this is a separate one or just Jacoby's just wandering around. I got Jacoby in a referee's outfit. It's called Two Shots in the Ball. Jacoby, our friend Jacoby, 
you know from Jalen and Jacoby. He's the Jacoby on the show. He's oh, he's the king of. Uh, I don't I don't really want to do a shot, Jacoby, and he'll bring over several shots. He's sort of the the minister of fun. So Jacoby's in a referee's. He's costume. not sort of the minister of fun. He's the minister of fun, and he's minister of fun, and he's bought. I've single-handedly witnessed him buying more shots than any other person in my life. And you never want them, but it's it's always a good idea because he just always wants to turn it up a notch. So come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Just have this one. Just hey, one. Just one. Come on, buddy. Hey, I see them all lined up. Come on. We're all doing one. Bob's doing one over here. Come on. This is called two shots in a, and two shots in the ball. Jacoby's okay. in a referee's outfit. And if he, he goes around to Larry O'Brien's and you're not having enough fun, he whistles you. He brings over two shots and he gets to decide who takes them. He's dressed, like, he's dressed like a footlocker employee? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know why he also has a ball. It's like two shots in the ball. Like, all right, we got to go. Maybe it's like a big punch ball shaped like a basketball. So he's through Jacoby in there. So he's basically a professional minister of fun. Yeah, it, he doesn't like know. what's going on in the corner table. The date's yeah. not going well enough. He just comes over two fireball shots. He tees you up, two shots in the ball, and he goes like, "Ah!" Oh. <laughs> he gets to decide. He gets to decide who takes them. That's Larry <laughs> Those are O'Brien's. great. I think Larry O'Brien's is almost a fully baked idea. That's. I mean, look, I got to shout out. You know, when dinosaurs have had a long time to let that marinate, and they came out a big winner. So shout out to Stegawow. These ones now are starting to get into real half baked territory. Bill. Okay. They, right. we, those were solid ones. These are the real head scratchers. These are the ones yeah. that, man, what's this, what is this guy up to here? And these are a little bit shorter. These are a little more, you know, rapid fire. Yeah. <laughs> this is a stupid idea. Marathon coffee. This is, this is going to have to be a change in the way that we consume caffeine. Yeah. So, all right, you can make coffee at home. No, not fast enough. I, I want to pick it up. We got to go to Starbucks, wait in line. No, don't want to wait in line. Also, not fast enough. I got to do the mobile order. I want it to be there immediately. Guess what? Not fast enough. Marathon just happened in New York City and LA. You know what's super convenient about doing a a marathon, long distance race? Got all the water right there. You don't need to ask me if I want water. Just have a bunch of waters lined up. So in busy intersections, streets in New York City, those there's just tables. With coffee, maybe you have some sort of fast pass. You're flashing like oh, so you have the fast pass on your car. You drive by, you stop quickly. They see the fast pass, they scan it, and they're giving you a coffee. There's just bunch. There's just coffee sitting everywhere in the country. We've just we're like uh, those stupid scooters that are all over cities now. We no one gave us permission to have a, a table full of coffee here, but we're here. We're on the sidewalk, and no one's mad at us. There you go. It's called Marathon Coffee. I really like that idea. And by the way, I think scooters might have been like a 2012 half-baked idea. We'll have scooters. Put scooters everywhere. Put, put a credit card in there and then just take it to where you go and just leave it on somebody's lawn. I think you might have yeah. done that one. <laughs> the fact that like, what's the business plan? You just then just leave it on someone's lawn? Like, yeah, we just leave it on someone's lawn. Who it's cares? fine. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, they're all over LA right now. They're anyway. the worst. Next one. For- I like Marathon Coffee. Marathon Coffee is fantastic. I do okay. feel like there is some sweet spot with mobile ordering that could go could go uh-huh. larger. Like the some of the food delivery services have experimented where they have the premium the premium. It's like faster. If you want where, 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 like for, get it 10 minutes faster, it's three dollars more. I'm like, sure. No, no, none of that. No, back to lines. I'm a lines guy. You're like, I, I not, <laughs> lines, lines are back guy. in. Okay. I just, what are we waiting? Like, where are you going? 
we all we do, I'm trying to get on like a rant here. We have spent the last 30 years on this planet trying to make things faster and more efficient. Where's all the time? Yeah. Who's swimming in time? Like everything is faster. Everything is more efficient. And there's no more time. No one's like, ah, I was doing nothing all day. It was great. Everyone's like, oh, we're so busy now. Oh, we're so busy. Like, well, I don't know. We got remote controls now. People need more time for social media. It's just enough. We just got to. That was like a borderline Andy Rooney take. Like I I thought your eyebrows were going to grow as you were doing that. It's true. It's I, I look, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. People with don't know who Andy Rooney is. Yeah, you know what's an Andy Rooney take? Saying it's an Andy Rooney take. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> hey. Oh, that sounds like an old. I'm making fun of you by sounding old with a reference that nobody under forty will get. That sounds like a take from old stuffy, <laughs> stuffy McTavish. He used to be on the old radio. Yeah, I remember him <laughs> in the seventies. <laughs> then he was on Gilgan's <laughs> Island. <laughs> All right, Here's, all right, next one. Okay, this is called Annoy Ahoy. Okay. Set sail to where we annoy your troubles away. Okay, so uh, my personal stress is kind of very similar to like my jean buying experience. Like I might have a pair of jeans on, but as soon as I buy a new pair of jeans, the old ones are just gone. It's the same thing with personal stress. You might be worried about something, boom, right here. All of a sudden, if something else happens, your old stress, like, whoa, what was I even worried about? That's gone. So this happened with me. We got a little water in my basement a, a month ago. And uh, not great. I missed the show. It was like a bit of a disaster. I got like two feet of water. You know, I got to pull, then I got to cut out all the drywall. I got to pull out the insulation. Everything's ruined. My, but my dad came down. It was actually like, oh, the Lord works a mysterious way. We had like a, a nice bonding session. And that was our focus for three days to clean the basement, dry the basement, get the drywall out, get the insulation out. And whatever, I had problems. I had some sort of stresses and they were all gone due to an act of God in this flood. We were very lucky that nothing bad happened. So I was like, huh, I wonder if I can make that a little more planned. So rather than all these people that are trying to de-stress you and take a spa day. Oh, come out here. Put some cucumbers on your eyeballs. No, I'm going the other way with it. You subscribe to Annoy Ahoy. And I'm sure you got some problems, right? So everyone, think about whatever you're listening to this podcast, whatever problem you have in your life right now. You had an argument with a family member. Well, guess what? Let me patched up pretty quickly because now you guys own three ferrets. That's right. Annoy Ahoy just let loose three ferrets in your house. And you're like, honey, what were we arguing? He's like, are, are, why don't you take it out? Like, honey, n- no time for that. The ferrets are everywhere. We've got 13 ferrets in the house. We got to get these gosh darn ferrets out of here. And it, it bonds the family. It bonds the group. It's good. You know, the ferrets so are a moving stressful, a stressful incident. Yep. That ends up becoming a bonding experience for the people you care about. And there's different degrees. We don't throw you into ferrets right away. That's the, that's the orange level. We start you off with just like tons of crumbs, almost like one of those like rookie pranks in the NBA. Like you fill, yeah. like fill up your car full of popcorn. Like what the heck? It's kind of funny, but also you got like buttery <laughs> <Rookie> popcorn. <laughs> I was like the yeah. Yeah, rookie. Oh, oh, bad news. We gave you the worst haircut of your life. It's just yeah. like, it's, it's one of those like NFL rookie haircuts. You have to figure it out. 
don't try to de-stress your life. Restress your life. Holy cow, Wilds. That one might be too good. That might not be half-baked. That might be fully baked. That sounded like, like a read I would be doing for the next I, break. <laughs> don't de-stress your life. Restress your life. More I stress, thought you were going less. scheduled terrible things to do with family members. So like ultimately, you wouldn't call your dad and say, hey, do you want to um, want to fix the drywall in my basement? He'd be like, yeah. are you insane? I don't want to do that. But then he ended up doing that and you guys had a great time. So like, I have to go through my closet and throw out a bunch of shirts and get rid of t-shirts and things like that. I don't really uh, want to do that. I don't want to do that. But maybe I call my mom and say, hey, do you want to spend six hours together and we could throw out some of my old t-shirts and that would be a bonding experience. Now my mom would have like four glasses of wine during that and it would probably <laughs> have a lot of sarcastic comments as we're doing it. Ha, I don't know why you bought this t-shirt. Yeah, maybe, maybe this would work for me. All right, next one. We have, I think we have time for one more. So Unless you want to do two quickies. Where's the good one? You want to do the Kevin good Steve? one? Well, I, I've got a good, I've got a good. You want to end her? All right. Let's want to end with your best one here. Save the right. other ones for the next time. I'm going to make you come back on. We'll do this tomorrow. The Gucci flag I'll save because we're in the weeds of NFL refereeing. That's college refereeing, actually. It's a flag that you throw when something awesome happens and you get positive 15 yards. Okay. This is Wait. wild. <laughs> what kind of positive thing? The Gucci flag? The Gucci flag. Yeah. So, you gotta, you gotta so like fight, Justin you gotta... Fields makes an incredible play where he scrambles out of a sack and all right, so I'll just, do this one. It's, it's, yeah, it's, just it's do it too quick. good. Uh, okay. So you got the challenge flag, right? You got your yellow flag. This is the Gucci flag. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful flag. Oh, it costs a thousand dollars. So the good so this is what happened. This happened in the Oklahoma, Nebraska game. This is better for video, but I'll try to explain it the best I can. Yeah. It was fourth and 18, and the Cornhuskers trying to throw a touchdown. So they just throw it up. They're trying to get the first down, trying to get so they throw it up. And the dude makes a one-handed Odell-esque interception. And everyone goes crazy. But by the letter of the law and by any strategy, he should have just batted it down. Yeah. Because he actually just lost yardage, lost play. We see it, you see it every once in a while. And the coach said this, I might have been the first coach in history to challenge a play we got an interception on. I was hoping it would have gone down. So that is just a fundamental flaw in college football officiating. Yeah, we want to see great things. We, we want to see great things. We don't want it to be a strategy to bat the ball down because it would cost you field position. So for that specific play, the ref can reach back and it is a beautiful Gucci flag made by Gucci. Maybe it's made by Louis Vuitton. We get Virgil involved. It'd be great. He throws out like, oh, the Gucci flag's out. And you get 15 yards at least to the line of scrimmage where the interception uh, was thrown or where the ball was snapped. And if we want to extend it with just like sick plays, like, oh, you know what? I appreciate you trying to hurdle that guy. You only got two yards. Boom, Gucci flag, 15 more yards for trying to be awesome. Do you buy the Gucci flag? I like that. I think maybe it could be five or 15. Well, it depends how awesome the play is. If 15 makes it really special. Five, I'd be throwing the Gucci flag all the time. Like, ah, nah, you block, only get Gucci like flag. you only get like two Gucci flags a game. I like the Gucci flag. <laughs> there you go. Those are your half baked ideas for. Uh, Wait, I thought you had one more big one. Oh, I thought that was the ender. I got a great one. All right, one more, last one. Okay, this is called WILB Wild's indoor leaf blowers. So when yeah. you go to a, when you go to a hotel, why do you like going to a hotel? Oh, is it because like travels unlocking a window to your soul? Is it because you got new shampoo? It's like, oh, money? No, oh, the mini bar. 
maybe I'll become a rum guy. Maybe I'll be like a distinguished pirate. No, it's just because none of your crap is there. And it's when you clean your house, you're just, re, you're just moving your crap to different places. You got to go in. So Kevin's Indoor Leaf Blowers, Wild's Indoor Leaf Blowers, W-I-L-B. We send you a notice like, hey, we're coming through. If you love it, bolt it down. Because we're coming in here with industrial strength leaf blowers and we're going <laughs> to tornado your house. Your, the magazines, half books that you're supposed yeah. to read halfway through, your kids' art projects, oh, old sunglasses. That stuff is getting blown to high heaven. We are, we are leaf blowing your house, all your crap into a corner. We're coming in, we're taking it all out. It's so it's like a hoarders, like a hoarders with destruction, basically. But it's not even hoarders. It's just like, Everyone is a hoarder and they don't realize it. You've all right. got, you look around your house, you got stuff you don't need. Why do I need this? I don't need it. You need three pens in your home. All of it's going with Kevin's indoor leaf blowers. Okay, door Wild's indoor leaf. W I L B. Those are your half baked ideas, my friend. Wait, I, as tradition, I have to give you a quick one back. I'm ready for this. You use Venmo, right? Of course. Yeah. So What's subsidiary of Venmo, it's Ref Venmo. Okay. So when you have kids, when you have kids, they, these umpires and referees ref these games and it's the worst job in the world. I don't know what they're making, but it's not nearly enough. And it's people, you know, yelling at some linemen on the sideline or the home plate ump, home plate ump and in the Valley in California, it's 103 degrees. He's working a double header. He's making like 50 bucks a game and he's got some jackass behind him. Just ref Venmo. I really I mean, appreciated the game you you called after uh, the game. You can only do it after the game. I really appreciate it. I'm tipping you the same way I would tip a bartender or a waiter or a bunch of I mean, other people. Is, it's a, is, here's a ten dollar tip. You guys did a great job. Here, thank just, you. It, this is this is ripe with corruption. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it's a fake idea. <laughs> well, you could you could still do that. You could just give them cash. I also think like, we should be able to tip people who cut the meat at delis. Why do, Why can't I tip those people? Great job cutting that roast beef. It was nice and thin. <laughs> deli, all, deli cutter Venmo. I think can, Venmo you, should spin off. I should be able no to tip whoever Venmo. I want. No one likes Venmo. All right, come people up with like, a new app. People, It's called Cash. <laughs> uh, Alexander Hamilton. You can't give a ref it. cash. It's got to be why? like... The ref's got, he's got his jersey and he's got his Venmo address at the end. It's ref Venmo. And he just, <laughs> like, I really like the game that guy called. I'm going to send him $20. Game's over. He only is accepting it after the game, not before. But he, the guy's going to coach, going to ref more than one game. In your Good. Kids. Maybe you're putting, maybe you're putting a little seed for later. Ref Venmo. <laughs> ref Venmo is not bad. I do think everyone would just like cash, but that's also like, hey, come on, ref. You're not Cash feels seedy. Like yesterday, Venmo's the Steelers fans after the Steelers Bears game, they could have they could have ref Venmo Tony Carrenti. Thanks, <laughs> thanks no for the thirteen Venmo. calls that went our way. That's, that's, Here's that's fifteen just, bucks. That's, just, that's too much corruption. No, no ref Venmo. That, All right, that Wilds, will you come on more often? I'm ready to go. I'm gonna. All put right, some this was great, Kyle. Did right you now. think this went well? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, they, he'd kind of pause for a second. All right, Kyle, let's but, do it again. Let's run no, it back. No, it's only because I'm not going to, it's only because I'm not going to put the music that Kevin wants. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, buddy, you yeah, you asked Kyle to do more you. work. I, I, all of a sudden you're producing him. He's got well, a process. Uh, you know, I like, I like old timey radio. My old Andy <laughs> Rooney. 
All right, Kevin Wilds, great to see you. You can see Kevin on First Things First, and hopefully I will see you soon. Thanks to our producer, Kyle Creighton. Don't forget about every single album. The podcast is up. Don't forget about a new rewatchables, Ransom. Don't forget about the Prestige TV podcast. I'm on there twice this week. And I will see you on this feed on Thursday with Million Dollar Picks and a whole lot more. <laughs> 